Today's episode of the About Last Night podcast is brought to you by CISO. All the best comedy in one place. Don't believe it? CISO for yourself. Oh, God. I'm new at this. All right. Go to CISO.com and stream for free today. No credit card necessary. Today's episode is brought to you by 5-4 Club. Oh, yeah, baby. You've heard of them. I know you have. You know why? Because they dress people like Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Zac Efron, Aziz Ansari, Don Cheadle, and Adam Ray. Yeah. Well, let me tell you how I got to learn about 5-4 Club. I'm a dude who doesn't have time to shop, okay? Um, I don't really like to shop. Um, And what I do like are people who know clothes, who know style, and want to help people like me out, okay? When you sign up to be a member of 5-4 Club for 60 bucks a month, only 60 bucks a month, Here's what you get, okay? You get proven style, recommendations, and advice from top stylists who just want to make you look good and educate you on how to wear certain pieces. They're not trying to make your wardrobe for you. They just want to help educate you on how to create your vibe, your style. It's an easy sign-up process, all right? You go in, you personalize your style preferences, create a profile, and whether you're looking for clothes for the office, the club, just a chill weekend or whatever... 5-4 has you covered. There are four style profiles, okay? Classic, casual, forward, and mix. You create these, and the guys put together a box of dope clothes for you and send it to your place, to your doorstep, direct delivery, free shipping. Free shipping. So few businesses do that, all right? Go to 5-4 Club right now. Sign up. Become a member. It's only 60 bucks a month, okay? The only way to get this brand is to be a member, all right? You can't find 5-4 Club anywhere else, so you got to sign up, baby. Do you want to stand out in the crowd and not blend in like everyone else? Do you want to wear the clothes that Don Cheadle and Blake Griffin wear? Do you want to start getting compliments from girls you didn't think were even looking at you? I'm telling you, Brad even wears this shit, all right? They've got his size. They've got little Brad's size. I can't stress how dope this company is. I wear their shit. It's dependable. It's reliable. They throw you how-to-wear style suggestions, curated collections, selected by personal stylists. You're not a stylist, man. Get some help from dudes that know what they're talking about. Free size exchanges, free delivery, and easy style profile edits. Great styles that are on point and on season. You want shorts and a button-up? Cool. They got them. You want jackets and jeans when it gets colder? They got them. Go to 54club.com right now. Use promo code ALN to get a nice little discount off your first package, all right? Also, if you sign up for 54 Club this month, they've teamed up with Robert Geller. Do you know who Robert Geller is? Yeah, maybe named Best Men's Wear Designer in 2009. He's collaborated with Levi's, Common Projects, Yeezy Season 1. Robert Geller is thrown in a pair of his $200 shades for free when you sign up this month to be a member in 54 four club all right so go to five four club.com use promo code aln and start looking better baby and now enjoy a brand new episode of the about last night podcast with brad williams and adam ray hey everybody it's adam ray for the about last night podcast what a show today oh man uh been waiting to put this one out for a while i you know i don't really even want to do an intro because I don't want to waste any time. I just want to get right to it. But we got a few things we got to say and announce. Um, but today's episode is phenomenal. Uh, I'm sure you've read the name of the guest. It's the one and only Dana Carvey, baby. Back for his third time. Third time on the podcast. I didn't think we were going to get him ever once. But now he's he's returned for his third appearance. And I said it last time where 
I thought he crushed his pre his first appearance with the second one. He topped both those with this one. It's um, from uh, fr- from talking in-depthly about his heart surgery to his sons who are following in his comedic footsteps doing stand-up and opening for him on the road, uh, which he's been doing a lot in preparation for his next Netflix special that's going to, uh, I think he's shooting it April 29th. Um, he's also got a new impression show premiering on USA uh, April, no, May 10th. That's right, May 10th on USA. Uh, hosted by Freddie Prince Jr., Dana Carvey. Uh, it's an impression contest. Uh, some ALN former guests are on the show. Justin Ruppel, Melissa Villasenor. I hope they both win. Um, so Dana is, is, is busy, and for him to make time and crush it again, to, to talk politics, to, to, to preview some of his special material. At one point, Brad and I presented a game to, in which we go, you know, Trump is running for president. Um, it's kind of opening the gamut for anybody. Like, what if Garth ran for president? What if Ross Perot ran for president? What if Paul McCartney ran for president? And he went through and did speeches for each one of them. It was maybe the greatest thing uh, we've had on the podcast. He crushed it. It was amazing. Dan is the man. Uh, tune into a First Impressions on USA May 10th. Look out for his Netflix special and enjoy the hell out of this episode. Follow Dana on Twitter at Dana Carvey. Uh, follow the podcast at ALN Podcast. Keep tweeting at us, guys. Uh, we love all your support. Um, in particular, one supportive fan who has earned this week's Fan of the Week. Haven't done it in a few weeks, um, but uh, a fan screamed that she was worthy this past, uh, this past weekend while I was in La Jolla at the Comedy Store, which, by the way, thank you for packing those shows out. You guys are the shit. I brought my boy Avery Pearson. We did some music. I'm going to start doing that in a lot of my headline shows in preparation for my hour. Um, it was amazing. Um, shout out to the Comedy Store La Jolla and their staff. And shout out to our fan of the week. This week, it's Valerie Hill from La Jolla, California. Uh, avid ALN listener. Since the, since the early days, she told me. She quoted episodes. She was just the sweetest ever. She tweeted a picture of us. Um, said she'd been waiting for years uh, listening to the podcast to see me live and she finally did so Valerie you are our fan of the week email the podcast uh, at aboutlastnightpod at gmail.com so, uh, and give us your, uh, your mailing info so we can send you some goodies alright and of course tweet at us email us uh, Facebook us uh, come to the shows and, uh, and show your love and support by bringing your merch uh, which you can get at astoymerchandise.com uh, and, and bring it to the uh, shows, uh, your mugs, your hats, your shirts, your posters, and you could be Fan of the Week. The ALN Fan of the Week and get some free shit. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Adam Ray Comedy. Follow Brad on Twitter at FunnyBrad. Instagram is at AdamRay33, at Brad Williams Comic, and at ALN Podcast for the pod. A um, lot, uh, lot of tour dates coming up. This weekend, uh, starting tomorrow through Sunday, it's my first time at uh, Palm Beach, Florida. I'm at the West Palm Beach Improv in Palm Beach, Florida. Come out and see me April 8th through the 10th. Um, first time. It's a great club, and I'm pumped to be there. So come out and see me. I'm bringing my buddy Jay Davis. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, and then, of course, um, wow, uh, April 20th through the 23rd, I'm going to be in Austin, Texas at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival uh, doing some shows, some podcasts. I'm doing the goddamn Comedy Jam on Saturday, uh, April 23rd. Pumped for that. And then the following weekend, April 28th through the 30th, I'll be in Boston, Massachusetts at Laugh Boston First time there, so pumped. April 28th through the 30th, Laugh Boston. Get your tickets at laughboston.com and come see me. Brad Williams this weekend, April 8th to 9th, New York City. He's headlining Gotham Comedy Club. Go see Brad. Bring your merch. Give him a hug. Don't pick him up. He'll fucking he'll kick you. He'll give a swift dwarf punch to the groin and end your week. 
then April 14th through the 16th, go see Brad in Richmond, Virginia at the Funny Bone. April 14th through the 16th, Richmond Funny Bone. And then uh, Brad will be in Moon Tower uh, in Austin, Texas with me at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival doing podcasts, doing shows. So if you're in Austin, track Brad and I down. Uh, buy us a shot. Um, me one, Brad half. Um, come see us live. All those tickets uh, and uh, show information are available at our websites, bradwilliamscomedy.com and adamraytv.com. And, of course, Separation Anxiety, Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. TBS, highest-rated new show on TBS. No big deal. Uh, so keep watching that. Set your DVRs, and, uh, and, and we appreciate the support. So many good apps coming up, by the way. Goo Goo Dolls, Brody Stevens, Jamie Kaler, Brent Moore returns. Um, holy shit. Uh, a few others we just booked this past week. Um, one of them used to have a talk show and, and, and a famous salute where people went, woo, 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 woo. Uh, so that guy's uh, showing up. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. So many great guests coming. Um, today's episode is no exception. It might be one of my favorites we've had in a long time. So without any further ado, now that we've got the tour dates out of the way, that's all the Twitter info. Those are the merch infos. That's the separation anxiety info. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode of the About Last Night podcast with the one and only Dana Carvey. Well, the weekend's over, so it's time to chat about it. I'm starting to hear myself get kind of old man Brad. Like, Already? I'm starting that sounds to be like, like a character. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to be like these crazy yeah. kids. I don't. Right. They, they don't have any respect like we did. I think it happens for everybody <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Well, what did I? Yeah. The uh, remember the grumpy old man. I did a version of that. Dyslexia, but it was more about modern kids. Dyslexia. Mm-hmm. If you can if you read left, uh, right to left, you're stupid. <laughs> you know, there was no such thing as any. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I was just having a talk with my girlfriend today because she works with the. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I, I you can't say developmentally disabled and anymore. What is it now? That's too offensive. It's like something about the uh, I forget because I just I just I I just totally dismissed it. Like no, that you, it's developing developmentally disabled is just about the most sensitive thing you can do. Now it's like ecologically different or like I I, I don't know what it is. It's, it's right, something uh, involving that, how the brain works. Yeah. And it's euphemisms, yeah. yeah, and yeah. and we were we just set off air like that survey that came out that forty percent of millennials say cereal is too much work, and I that's fascinating to me. Well, that seems like it, that's an anthem. That should be a poster. <laughs> well, no. so instead of like the eighties had Twisted Sister, we're not going to take it. Mm-hmm. This generation is going to have like. Party uh, in the USA, Miley Cyrus. Total Raisin Brand, too much work. Like, 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 like that's their outcry song. Yeah, well, I, I'm thinking, and you guys, to me, are very young. <laughs> but you still remember the old world. But my kids are just in their early 20s. They don't remember the old world. And mm-hmm. what happens to a millennial, a young millennial, is like 11 o'clock at night. It's like Vegas comes on. The world lights up with social media. Mm-hmm. And so between Call of Duty 4, where you're playing with your friend globally, right. 
Pornhub. I'm sure you guys heard of that. Uh, what's not? No, 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 is that, no, no. no. I don't. I still yeah. use and magazines. And then just girls posting selfies. <laughs> yeah. the, the world just lights up. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> they were up late. What What was the porn before Pornhub? Just you, magazines. You go to a you go to an X-rated movie. I saw yeah. autobiography of a flea. So the movie is told in the point of view of a flea in some guy's pubic hair or something. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So, so, yeah. So like some crazy <laughs> porn version of The Tick, but yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Goldblum was in it. <laughs> He's in it from The Tick. Jeff to Goldblum. The... That's a lot of people don't know. He got his start in most porns in the '80s. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I love Jeff, but he yeah. does seem like kind of like a, a porn star. It would be great. To, porn star. Yeah. It would be great if he just straight up just narrated porns. Can you hear us now? Yeah. Don't great. you like this room better than the other I, echo I love chamber? This room. There is Brad. I think it's maybe your phone that's giving me static. You might need to put that on airplane mode. There you go. Mm. Airplane mode, yes. Um, yeah, that helped. Move it away from the... Uh, yeah, device. so millennials are crazy and we're better. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get out, man. I'm just Do you, you, you mentioned about going to Italy for a little bit. Have you taken a trip like that? Just right, you and the wife? but only, only as a tour guide with just tons of kids and relatives. But but I know that I loved it even with all that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I do it in my act now. It's not that funny, but it's like... Because it's so relaxed. As in America, look at you guys... You know, you're hustling there. You guys going here, and we got to make it. And he's yeah. making millions, and then this guy opened a jar of pickles. He's got seven million subscribers. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. You know? So it's this distorted <laughs> world that being good doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you can be anything, and you if in the world as a millennial, anything in the world except average. <laughs> they are all stars. Wow. So this distortion is you know, yeah. And, and uh, do you think it's a quest where it's like? Everyone just wants to be famous. They they don't really yeah. care what it's for. They don't they don't they don't care why they're famous. They don't want to necessarily accomplish anything, create anything. They just want to be famous, and yes. that's just yes. the end game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> all of that. And it's not really their fault. It's just like this technology. Maybe this gave us Donald Trump, mm-hmm. a guy who said, "Here's how. Here's how I'm going to run for president. <laughs> I'm going to say crazy batshit stuff, and it, and every ten hours." I will put another crazy batshit. So they'll never stay up with me. That's yeah. what he's done. Yeah, it's yeah. so constant. You're like, what the hell he's saying? Right. I'm right on you. I can't. I can't even keep track of it because yeah. it's exactly what you're saying. Every, every eight to ten hours, it's like a new, new controversial comments from Donald Trump. It's like I haven't he's, even absorbed. He's trumping his own bullshit. Like every statement, he right. trumps it with another crazy thing. And exactly. You're like, so you don't have time to focus on the previous crazy statement. Here's something that I'm doing that's a throwaway that just makes me laugh because yes. everyone's doing Trump. But it's like he seems like a. First of all, I think his hair. If he's, it'll be, pre- <laughs> be like a Hunger Games type guy. The hair's going to get taller and bigger <laughs> and more orange. But the other As one his is power like power increases. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like glowing. Um, it's like he, he's like a Nintendo character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His the power spot, grows. The weak spot is the hair. Throw fireballs yeah. at the hair. Yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like. The yeah. other one is Batman villain. You know, yeah. you'll never get away with this, Trump. Yeah. You know, you know, I think I will get away with it. You know why? Because I'm Trump guy. He's, Trump card. Perfect. Yeah, he's he's Lex Luthor. Yes, like yeah. Lex Luthor is is, is is the billionaire that even, that he, even though he has everything, still wants to take mm-hmm. over the world and be the world leader and yeah. drive it all to hell. And uh, yeah, he's he's freaking Lex Luthor. Trump and, would be the worst like Batman villain because when he would get like. You know, if Batman came in and was like, you're never going to get away with this. And he was like, somebody get him out of here. I'll pay for the legal fees. Get Batman out of here. Kick, kick Someone his please ass. punch Batman Someone... in the face. <laughs> it's good. Now, there's become this generic Trump that everyone can do. Yeah. It's great because I'm, I'm not for accuracy. Like you were doing a little fey Trump. 
Yeah. Which was kind of, it's in there. I've done bits about that. Yeah. I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not that he's gay, but there's just something. There's something. But those lips, there's something. <laughs> you know what the best word, if you want to learn Trump, the best word to say, just one word, glacier. <laughs> Wow, because so everyone's go-to for him is always huge. Yeah. It, it, it's but also glacier. Yeah, but it's just glacier. glacier. How about huge glacier? Huge, huge glacier. glacier. I could promise you that. I could tell you that. I promise you that. I could tell you that. I promise you that. I promise you tell you. I could tell you that. Okay, okay, okay. I promise you that. I tell you that. See, you have, you have the body language down more than any I've seen well, from anybody. Well, it's the seal, and then it's the... <laughs> The shifting index fingers instead of like normally you touch someone. Let me speak, but yeah. he's just like ten feet away. Please, yeah. Shit, these guys can see it. Yeah, and then of course the bonnet. You know, the bonnet, the hands leans over, framing the face. But anyway, as far as going back to the idea, yeah, why wouldn't this this world of social media affect this generation? And it has. Mm-hmm. And and being good doesn't matter. I talked to some talent managers, like. Mm-hmm. Five of them in a room, young talent. They they scour the clubs for young talent. Yeah, and um, but at the end of the day, they're like, yeah, but what's his? Why well, said following? does being good matter? And they go, not 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 really. Oh, what's so the hook? Out. What's the brand? What's the anthem? What's the what's going to make money immediately? Yeah, so you guys have a skill you've taught yourself. Mm-hmm. You have skills you've acquired over a period of time. <laughs> so you can go on a stage, kill for an hour. So that's just like craft. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just like you. That's that's your little ATM for the rest of your life. Yeah, you know? yeah. But as far as like breaking through with that kind of thing, anthem and hook, which you know, that's what I'm trying to do with my special, and it's almost it's really hard. <laughs> okay, well, are, so, you're, so you're trying to not be good. Huh. I'm trying to my instinct. Like I'm a clown from the '80s, so my mm-hmm. I was trained. Part of the reason I think I had success in SNL is because I I didn't go through UCB and Groundlings where you do cool, sophisticated things yeah. and maybe get small laughs. I was trained like a robot. You know, I was like Arnold. You must destroy. <laughs> really. Yeah. I would be mad. I would try a standing ovation every night and multiple standing ovations. Wow. There's a plaque in the ice house. I got five one night. But I what? was just a machine. Yeah, wow. I was just like, so you- this is that special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll do it. I was just a clown. But you know what? That is such a – that's a rare mentality that I think exactly what you're saying. Like you go through these – it's all about the game and like I think there's less um, – uh, uh, you know, uh, people are, are less focused on just coming out to crush – all the time like that and more like hey let's really build up whatever's happening i mean i don't i don't hear anybody t- talk about these days like i'm just gonna go out and maybe dan cook is the last person who's like i'm gonna get on stage and just well it's, it's flipped upside down because mm-hmm. i think which is again part of the social media where you're, you're you're tweeting and facebooking and you're you're integrating with people and you're saying i have a small growth in my back i'm gonna just get it checked and it's benign you yeah. know so there's that kind of personalized sharing i call it ted talk with laughs you know <laughs> and so i'm easy to do that i mean i had a bypass when i was yeah. 42 yeah mm-hmm. and they they hooked the wrong artery i you know i i, I did it one night. i thought it was kind of cool because it's funny right you know after the surgery well how'd it go well pretty good well what, what happened well we got one out of two <laughs> okay how often does that happen um has never happened okay we enjoyed i enjoyed the process enjoyed having <laughs> my wife said but they feel sorry for you you know yeah yeah she, but, but no. i would think like what the you're still dana carvey it's like oh no i'm okay and i'm still right like, it's 20 re- years later i'm jumping around like a monkey on shows and stuff i don't know why only very rarely do i get that like you okay you know <laughs> i go i'm like a 747 i i'm either perfect or I'm in a in the hangar. I'm not kind of okay. <laughs> Do you but, feel your energy is um, better, if not um, more so, uh, or on, on par with what you were before the surgery? Well, the surgery had no effect in that way. Okay, zero. 
Mm-hmm. This gets into the science of it, but this is what you do for a podcast. Do you guys want to know about yeah, it? Yeah, sure. A thousand percent. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Oh, sure. I don't, yeah. Just because I, I would be concerned, like, I mean, hey, I once had a weed brownie, went to Disneyland, was freaking out so bad, I told Winnie the Pooh to call me a cat to Cedar Sinai. So, <laughs> so, and oh, I, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, so I'm saying, like, I, if I had any, so I felt That's my heart fun. was going to pop out of my chest. And if I had had some sort of surgery that involved it, I would be very paranoid of, like, just getting my emotions and my body, like, revved up. Well, the first few months, yeah. yeah. I never had depression. I, I, again, I have this weird uh, thing in my head, like, okay, as soon as I had the bypass at 42 and I processed, so I'll go back to that yeah. story. Mm-hmm. The first thing that goes in my head is like, how can I be, like, have the best attitude of anyone who's ever had a bypass? So that's the way I think. Yeah. So I just went the opposite, you know? There was no pity, nothing, just, okay, let's, let's rock. I don't know why. To huh. this day, the scar is I never even see it. You're just a glass half full guy. You just came out and we're like, all right, back to life. Why? Well, I, I completely, completely depressed and negative, but I have this this duality of uh, see this is what this is what stand up supposed to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. of being hyper competitive, even with myself, just driven. I would assume I would I would, yeah. I'll do uh, Christopher Waltz right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would assume you are fellow travelers in a, <laughs> the certain kind of person I am talking to with Brad and Adam are also very aggressive in terms of being competitive in their careers. <laughs> yeah. It, yes. Spot on. Dex Dex does Chris Waltz now. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, how yeah, many of your impressions. impressions are they starting to? Well, Dex has a good ear. Mm-hmm. He's doing. That's know. the biggest thing, right? For an impression, I feel like you have to just be able to absorb. I think, the, which I I texted Brad on his thing. I noticed that this that you just sort of started throwing your voice around. What I call yeah. it is just throw your voice out there, and then all of a sudden you do a Russian accent. Yeah. And don't worry about perfection. So yeah. we all can just throw our voice around. Being a spot on impressionist, mm-hmm. you know, it people think of that the way they do with a ventriloquist. You know, I mean, it's not exactly. You know, but I noticed you did a lot of accents. I don't know if you always had those, but I I just always loved like my. It, it was in fact my dad told me he watched one of uh, Robin's specials, Burr. and then he <laughs> yes, thank you, Robin. Oh, it's a wonderful thing. God, God rest his soul. Yes, uh, where my dad counted the number of accents that Robin yeah. did in one special and said like he did twelve different voices. And I just always in fourteen seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like he did twelve different accents, and I saw that and go, okay, well, I can do. Voices are funny. They help mm-hmm. to emphasize a punchline, and yeah. they, and they and they may they help to bring it in another direction, e- even if it's not necessarily like it doesn't have to a, be totally accurate. No, it never stopped Robin. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. <laughs> how you doing? Some he do spot on. Yeah. Others he would just bulldoze through. Well, and, it, and have an, an, obs- an, uh, you know, an observation. Have, yeah, or, uh, yeah. Take, and, 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 and you and you discovered that with uh, with the uh, with George Bush, where I I saw you say in an interview, like he said, prudent one time. Yeah, and you're just like, well, that's going to be his thing. He's just going to say prudent. Yeah, all, all, yeah. all the time. Like it, it doesn't have to be necessarily spot on, but as, as long as you sell it. And you just and you, you don't like go. Oh, is this okay? Right. Is this, is this fine? Is this an all right impression? Then yeah, the audience will go with you. Like, oh yeah, that's totally George Bush. Oh yeah, that's totally that. It, voice. It's a thousand percent. And with Dex, we he was he was starting to learn it, and then I saw him pulling back on stage. So we watched Django and Inglorious Bastards. And I said, man, you got to push it a lot harder. Yeah. You know, may I have some more of your delicious milk? I mean, <laughs> to exaggerate that accent. Yeah, what did yeah. you? So, what did you tell him? What was he working with before you gave him some? Uh, he insight? came up with, with well, he was uh, walking around Modesto. We did a theater up there, nice. and these hula, these guys came around him on bikes. What are you doing here, man? 
he was trying to go to get some food. So he came up with the idea that because he's so nervous, he goes into Christopher Waltz. So his first line is, Greetings, hooligans. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, man, that could be the name of a special. Yeah, Greetings, hooligans. Oh, my hooligans. God. That's, that's that, amazing. That's pretty solid. But Hooligans is just a great word. And, it's a great and, word. And, there's, and that's so, such a great joke because there, there are just some accents that are more terrifying than others. Like yeah. I, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure if you were getting mugged and you just started going into Russian accent and said, Yes, you may take my wallet, but if you do, I will bring down hell upon you and your family and your, ch- <laughs> yeah. and your children's awesome. children there's gotta like, be some accents that aren't gonna be as uh, you know devastating as to hear like if you're like hey leave me alone I'm just, a, I'm just a normal guy from Italy and you're like that's not even an Italian accent or, or like well, maybe may, may go for the leprechaun Irish or the <laughs> Oh, are you going to take my wallet, Hardy? Oh, well, that's a great thing you're going to do. Yeah. That's right. That's a good idea. I, yeah, I used to do a bit about that. I, I probably should bring it back. Just yeah. that the Italians, if you, you know, the Italians and the Irish when they came over, the Italians first. You know, where did this thing come from? You know, what? Get the fuck out of here. Where yeah. did that accent come from? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when the Irish came, the idea was that that was so playful. They were constantly getting the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> I just thought, do you know where a pub is? You know, Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Fucking leprechaun or some shit? You know? yeah, so yeah. over time, if we don't change our accents, Tony. We're gonna get hit all the time. So let's let's practice talking like this. Yeah. Now so and now they wait. developed and it sort of morphed into now the uh, now and now the Liam uh, the Liam Neeson Irish, which is the most badass voice you could ever do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you said to bring it down an octave. That was the one way to adjust it. I have skills I've acquired. <laughs> skills that make me a nightmare for a person like you. I'm actually I'm doing that bit where I do Michael Caine and Liam Neeson in it. Just. In the special? I can tell you the premise. Which yeah. Basically, there was a New York actor. I yeah. don't know which one it was. Uh-huh. But his kid was just spent all his time with a British nanny. The kid developed a British accent. <laughs> and it happens. It does happen. Sure. So I got him calling the kid. Hey, hey this is a Johnny Stabonano. Is Johnny Stabonano Jr. there? <laughs> Hello, Daddy. <laughs> Johnny? It's so good to hear your voice. Gives me goosebumps. <laughs> Edwina's going to give me a sassy tub. Who's Edwina? She's my nanny. She's from Jolly Old London. <laughs> Where's your little brother, Danny? He's with his nanny, Michael Caine. <laughs> and I was like, hello, daddy. This is Danny Stopanato. So good to hear your voice. How far, how far are you? How old are you? I'm four years old. <laughs> hey, put Eddie on the phone. Hello, father. Eddie, who's your nanny? Liam Neeson. <laughs> I have skills I've acquired over a beard. You know. Skills? What kind of skills you got? You're two fucking years old. I can color between the lines. <laughs> so, Jesus kills more here than on yeah. So that's a bit. I, it's a lot longer, but that's have, sure. have you, uh, a use of an impression. How much um, through? Because uh, you've been now prepping for the special that you're going to shoot April 29th, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not ready. <laughs> you know what you said? <laughs> but so- you'll never feel you're ready. Totally. And yeah. I love that your head is in that space because um, the last four times I've seen you, you've crushed so hard. And even just running bits uh, or telling me stuff you were working on outside the Santa Monica Theater, I was like, yeah, all right, that's gold. Like, put that in the special. But I think you always, it seems like I've had this, I'm never going to be as ready as I... Uh, you know, I, I think... And that's a good mentality to have to be critical of yourself, but... To, to help you drive and well, really make just, it the best. I just didn't want to be boring. Like, I see a mm. lot of stand-up specials and my own and some of my peers. And and after about 15, it's like, except for Brad's. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this was the tightest I'd seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it was great. See, oh. tight. It was tight. Tight meaning good. <laughs> um, it's, it's not like a 1980s music producer. Oh, it was tight. Oh, it was tight. Oh, it was good. It was tight. Dope. Dope. <laughs> tight. Fresh. Fresh, dope, and tight. Fresh, dope, and tight. Yeah. That should be like... Those, the, those are the original names for uh, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. Oh, there you for, go. Uh, That's yeah. where my brain is going. Uh, what was I going to say? So, you know, it's kind of like, it's just, 
you know, why do I try? Why do I care? I always tell people, look, at 60, you know, I'm a straight white male 60. 60 mm-hmm. So you can't try to be relevant, but you don't want to be boring. The expectations for me are very low. It's like, oh, you were just happy what you did, man. And when my, the first thing I said to the producer is, can I do the special to not my fans, not my audience? He goes, no mm-hmm. one's ever requested that. Because those people have just watched my best of DVD. I have no problem having those greatest hits. Yeah, and yeah. Wayne's World. And then I'm coming up and talking about race or sexuality or some pretty dark stuff. I'll yeah. give you an example. This just, mm-hmm. I like this. So I go, I, so in life, there's only two kinds of people, decent and indecent to me. Empathetic, non-empathetic. Forget race, creed, color, whatever. Yeah. So I'm in the South. We're looking with a friend. We're doing stand-up. I'm looking for a place to eat. And this super empathetic guy. Well, fellas, all you got to do, you want to find Joe's Diner? Talk like this kind of guy. Go, mm-hmm. You go two blocks down, take a right at the Willow Tree. You see Joe's Diner right there mm-hmm. on the left. And I said to him, and he goes, but if you don't want to go there, I got some peach cobbler right up here in my house. And I go, we're not going up in your house, you sick fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just say, well, that accent doesn't inspire confidence. You know, we're, right. you wouldn't want a brain surgery. We're going to pop off the top of your skull. <laughs> we're going to dig on down real deep. And the guy goes, but I don't need any brain surgery. You didn't need no peach cobbler either. <laughs> so I do that to people who are waiting for the church lady. It's yeah. just that blank you know, right. Yeah, but, so, but it's fun. I, I don't really I have nothing to lose. I'm, I'm, I'm topping them out. I, yeah. I, 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 I saved a couple dollars. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm good. I'm just fine. doing it for myself. Right. And, well, and, and then you could you could just be the band that comes out and is like, all right, but you know, play play living on a prayer. That's the only reason why we're here. It, it, but mm-hmm. what? But what would that accomplish for you? It, it would just make the people who already love you love you. So yeah, yeah I like got, the challenge. Yeah. I like the challenge. Like if I do the Paul and John bit, which I've written out now, mm-hmm. it feels really good. It took a long time. You yeah. going to write, close with that? Or is it going to be like in the middle? Have, where do you? Good do you question. Yeah. Good question. Because yeah, know. you you did that on our show at the Laugh Factory. But it, it, and, it's, oh my god, it's extended. That. So wow. I like it when people are quoting that. But I do. I'll dance a little bit of the church lady in there. Yeah. I mean, it's. I used to do that. Initially, I did that just to deal with the audience and hecklers. It's a little bit of a conceit that. Who never saw me do it? But Jim Gaffigan has that alter ego. Yeah, that is hysterical. Yeah, yeah, he and just I was, talks like that. Yeah, it was that. And I was doing the same thing in the beginning with this attitude. Yeah, mm-hmm. wow, wow, wow. He looks a little young. <laughs> Perhaps our headliner's not here yet. So because it was the perfect voice for. So right. I still use it some yeah. ways. And of course, if you had a seismograph, it just goes amazing. Sure. So, well, also, why would you not? If you've if if you've created a tool that is mm-hmm. that sharp and always that destructive why would you not like um uh, find ways to well, intertwine it into yeah the, yeah i'm yeah. more into doing it now yeah this special yeah and mm-hmm. i do i because i realize as time goes by damn how do you come up with a character like that you mm-hmm. know you can't i mean yeah it's, it's i sort of you caught lighting in a bottle and it, it, it worked and to have it still be that uh you know to crush that hard. Well, if you think Judge Judy and Simon Cowell and and I don't know, you you line them up. I mean, she was an early version of those people. Oh, Church Lady Simon Cowell, Judge Judy, Mary Fuck Kill on that one. <laughs> she would <laughs> she would dominate everybody. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. I do it in my act. Her debating Trump. You know. You know, you're very religious. You're not very attractive. You know. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> our tummy's kind of round, isn't it? You know what I mean? We have a big white tie to cover our tummy. You know, it's just she but, goes right at the yeah. By the way, church like, lady as judge, like her church lady doing a judge. Judy I had spin-off. meetings on that show for, with, with the syndication company. That is a brilliant idea. Yeah. 
I would watch that. Maybe just and I think just a little bit in the courtroom, like you're always like the same way Thirty Rock was always like at the behind the scenes. uh, You know, they they would sometimes show the actual show, but like I I would be. We have a show. I'd be very (laughs) curious about the inner workings of Church Lady. You know, just and she maybe she gets too invested in these cases, so she's never really making (laughs) (laughs) like a fair assessment. Yeah, she never had a movie, so I mean, you could. Yeah. Or a TV show. Yeah, that that, and I think the I think the climate is right for it because you you don't see now it's just fight fire with fire like Trump. It's like you come at me with with with, with a sword, I'll launch a nuclear bomb at right. you. Like like that's his philosophy. But Churchley just kind of took it in and just kind of deconstructed everything you said and then just pointed it right back at you. And you were like, it, it would just completely completely disarm. People that you're right. That there kind of there is a rhythm to it. Like at Saturday Night Live, when some writers would try to throw in on it, you mm-hmm. know, um, I had to kind of just correct them a little bit because they were going right at the person. I go, no, yeah. it's always a little bit of a left hook. Yeah. Well, apparently, we like to have a little podcast. We like to hold our little symbols, our little phallic symbols. And then we, we talk into Mister Microphone. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a sausage factory. You can put yeah. anything through it. Sure, you know? and, and yeah, I'm sure you have that character down now to the point where you could throw in any topic, and it's just you know how church oh completely would 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 respond to that. Yeah, name a topic. Okay, uh, uh, deodorants. Deodorant. Well, well, well. We don't like the way Jesus made us. We've got to. <laughs> Make our. <laughs> we put on secret. <laughs> What's the secret so we can do slotty behaviors with our our bouquets under our arms? We're not fresh as a flower in the Lord's eyes. You know, we don't care much about Jesus. Oh my so, yeah, God. It's yeah. just a. You, you just, Have you thought about incorporating that into the show at all? When I'm, you're taking. No, I'm always kidding when I tell you guys. I'm, I'm working on this special right now. I've already yeah. thrown out. Yeah. And you guys are like the test because you guys, you guys are people who are relevant because you're in your 30s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah. <laughs> I think you said that with a question mark. I don't know which, who I, I was would, looking at you yeah, or me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like well, 30s or well, 40s? Or 20s. No, yeah. I, no, you're not 40s. <laughs> Yeah, well, but, I mean, you know, with the dwarf, you never quite know. You don't. Yeah, you're like, okay. They don't know. Could, they can't he, guess the age of the dwarf. He could be six or 96. Yeah, exactly. And, and, <laughs> and, and this, I didn't know that. Yeah, this is, a, this is a true story that I don't believe I've ever told in this podcast before. I, I was once at a, at, a, at a dwarf convention. though Those exist, and they're awesome. Uh, and, you should bring the church later yeah, on. And we can never, like, we can't tell how old we are either. We, you Why don't, don't you get wrinkles and jowls? Yeah, like, but but he, but even when we do, it's pretty adorable. So it's like, okay, like wow, <laughs> it's, he's, he's a cute old guy. So it's like, uh, oh, okay, he could be yeah. like forty-five and not seventy. And uh, there, I, I was fifteen years old, and I, I was at a, they, they do these dances every night. And uh, I, I started dancing with a woman, and uh, she was getting very friendly with me. I was getting very fr- friendly with her. I'm 15. Hormones are raging. Uh, Remember the song that's being uh, played? Uh, oh, Chumba Wumba, I Get Knocked Down. Uh, and then, <laughs> I, I, and then like, because she's at my height, which is brand new for me, I, mm-hmm. I lean in and I kiss her, and it's great. And then uh, we, we start walking out of the place, holding hands, and we start talking. Turns mm-hmm. out um, uh, she's 39 and thought I was in my like late 20s, and I was 15 years old. And, and, and we both had that moment of like, huh, what? Oh, oh no! <laughs> like, <laughs> wow! Did you have a scruff then? Uh, no, I, 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 I was, I was smooth as a, as a baby's bottom back then. Twenty five. Yeah, I started shaving when I was twelve, <laughs> but there was nothing there. My dad just showed me how to do it because he was like, "I ain't gonna be around too much longer." So here's how. 
I ain't gonna be around much longer. So you're saying I should just work the crowd a little bit as a church lay, or say, give me a topic. Oh my, what you on. just did, yeah, unbelievable. And you see how quickly you just, okay, yeah, you just kind of plugged it. Also, in. Also, that I mean, t- to give people that, like, even if the, uh, you know, maybe it's three or four people, like, but everyone's yeah. gonna feel like they're a part of that person's thing because right. everyone's gonna think of something. Yeah, and, yeah. and one so and also you're just breaking the wall with that character, which. You know, everybody. Everybody, I think, is at some point Sometimes has wanted to talk to the church. Organically, like yeah. mm-hmm. someone yells out, or it's a birthday, yeah. or whatever. Sure, yeah. You had to a, initiate. It. Also, yeah. even just dealing with the suggestions, like that's mm-hmm. hilarious in itself. Like not maybe not liking some of the suggestions. Like, what if somebody says, like, you know, cock ring, and and you dismiss it, but still make a joke well, about well, it? Well, well, we yeah. like to yell out things that we know can't be used in the show. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes I do think I just make it a little harder than it has to be. For sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy to own that people ask me that a lot. Or does it bug you that people want to hear Johnny Carson or Hans and Franz? I go, no. Yeah. I mean, the, it's, to have things that they want, yeah. it's just that um, it's a little bit of a trickier thing, night to night. Yeah. I like playing in town more. I like playing with your audience yeah. than my own audience. Mm-hmm, really? But my audience can be good, but oh, yeah. they're, they're just a little more tense. Uh, I, I find that your audience... Is just loose about stuff. Yeah, you know. Well, how much of this special is um uh like? What are you really pumped to talk about that you've been working on these last few months? Um, lately, well, you the know, it's always wise. the latest, shiniest thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. This is which is all the time because I feel like you're writing. I mean, and, and adding and subtracting. Well, I'm talking about income wow. inequality a lot. That just sort of came out recently because of 85 percent of millennials and, want Bernie. Yeah. Okay, can I do it? I don't want to yes. blow out your you know, no, no please, Bernie. This is my Bernie take. Here's what I'm prepared to do. I will find people with money. I will take their money and give it to people who don't have money. I will find rich pricks and give it to poor bastards. So that's been working very nicely. Oh, yeah, and, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking at your notes right now. Yeah. It looks like the chalkboard from from the movie A Beautiful Mind. Just you just have a lot of things circled and yeah. things going I've back. I tried it different way. Yeah, checks and circles. Mm-hmm. Have you always worked like that? Yeah, I have. I have hundreds of these. You see them over there, thousands. Oh, wow! Really. Good They're God, just really do do them. And then you you could read that, but if you gave that to Adam and I, we'd be like, I don't know. Well, what I used to do was um, a lot. I've done. I don't know if I did it. Your guys' show or somebody took a picture of it. I just would pass these out. You did. You had them at our show. The last yeah. Time. I mean, mostly guy? what yeah. I do is I pass it out and have people pick one. Yeah, and then someone at our show took a picture of it. Like, yeah, that yeah. was unique. No yeah. one had ever done that. So yeah, I take back everything I said about. It. Okay, yeah. here's something. So we have Italy pointing to Bernie with an arrow that goes down to airplanes and Syria. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and on this one, I have decent and decent sick fuck. Yeah. And a bubble that's below uh, newsreel Japan. With the arrow to it that says ISIS newsreel. So funny, by the way. Right. You know the ISIS newsreel. Thing. No. Oh. Well, like I've been st- – I started – But I'm saying that that just that, – Right. That just the idea of that already I get Well, I started for. to play around with newsreels because I realized that uh, my parents came up such an innocent time. And newsreels makes everything seem innocent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I thought if the Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner thing was carried by a newsreel. And news out of Hollywood today. Uh, <laughs> Olympic gold medalist Bruce Jenner has announced that he would like to become a she. And guess what? She's gorgeous. (laughs) And true story, when I thought of this, I was laughing so hard, I called Lovitz and said, I just thought of a bit for you, because it was Walter Winchell, which John, and John And and that voice that he could do. Was from that, and he goes, I'll write my own material. (laughs) 
So here's the darkest thing in my act. So I okay. talk about my parents getting their news. It was just an innocent time. Mm-hmm. And I talk a little bit about race, how they just had never seen a black person. Yeah. And they weren't racist. They were just innocent. You, you know? just don't know. Well, they had Step and Fetch it, Amos and Andy. I had Martin Luther King and Richard Pryor. I mean, the yeah. difference is so do you think it's a? Do you think that's a big part of racism? I mean, you're a product of your environment, yeah? Like, if well, you I grow mean, up around black people, then... Yeah. Well, they have they had prejudicial feelings based yeah. on just the minstrel shows they would see in movies. Right. Because there was no black people in Montana, yeah. basically. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a story about uh, Tiger Woods playing golf in Ireland, and he's, mm-hmm. and he's eating at some restaurant, and some little Irish girl just walks up to him and goes, What do you eat? Because yeah. she's like, what? Yeah. She, she's like, what? What? What do you eat? What made you that? What, we, we're, we're, we're all looking this color, right? You come in looking that color. By the way, that's yeah. how Brad what and I happened? met too. I saw him at a Denny's, and I said, <laughs> "What do you eat? What do you eat?" And, and I even said, in a little Irish girl accent too. <laughs> and I said, "Only bagel bites." Yeah, only bagel bites. <laughs> and, and I that, said, and "That's hilarious." This, and this is what happens. <laughs> so uh, what I'm trying to say is, eat uh, eat your vegetables, kid. <laughs> That's yeah, it. <laughs> it's it's not hateful. I mean, I don't want to white explain and no. I'm a straight white male, but mm-hmm. it's more prejudicial than what I consider hateful. Race. You know, my my mother would say, "I love black people. They're festive and musical." <laughs> she would say that, but it wasn't from any kind no. of hate. But here, so you're uh, talking about here's the darkest thing of Mac that sometimes mm-hmm. the audience responds to and sometimes they don't. It's but it's a newsreel that my parents might have seen in a movie theater in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. And, and news from the Pacific Theater, 1945. The Empire of Japan is officially not surrendered. America says, no go, Tokyo. <laughs> Say hello to Fat Man and Little Boy. 20,000 tons of TNT. Sayonara. <laughs> so that's about as dark as... Right. Oh, but, but then, uh, but then uh, at, at the same time... People understand, like that's how it was. That's yes. not that. That's not an exaggeration. That that's not you coming out of left field and being like, "Wouldn't it be great if the news like w- was like?" Well, this? that's what no. I do it now. This yeah. is the one we want to hear. In the Middle East, the Islamic State Caliphate has become a caliphate as the last <laughs> member of ISIS has officially retired. Agmar Baghdadi released a statement calling the whole thing just a silly phase, adding, "I thought I was joining the ban Oasis and not ISIS." <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Yes, oh, and, that, and just that straight <laughs> so, voice that just kind of makes it kind of happy. It doesn't not, it, seem it, it's, it's not the scare news mm-hmm. that yeah. that that is today. Of uh, yeah. the, the, uh, I remember I remember watching the news. Um, this was like a few weeks ago, and they and they and they announced some woman almost died after getting her hair washed at a parlor. Stay tuned to find out why. And you're like, what? And coming up after what? that, hot dogs might be better for you than you thought. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it's really? kind of, it's just an innocent it gets your ear. Yeah, kind it's of like a, what it's are you happy. talking about? Some woman almost died at a salon. Like now you're just going to tease that? Just tease would, it. Would people? Would be, did people understand the comedic value in that voice? Like when those trailers, those newsreels would play before movies and maybe give awful news. Mm-hmm. Like would people laugh or would they take it? That was what was. They knew and conditioned to expect tonally, so they wouldn't think of it. I, I guess not. It's just it's a box to put comedy now. I just yeah. haven't developed it to the point. You know, I find it's really hard to memorize these things completely. Well, you have like, so much detail in your um, yeah. It has act to go outs. a certain way, and if you're thinking just a little bit, I have those two pretty well memorized. I mm-hmm. wrote some on if global warming is catastrophic, if global warming is not catastrophic. Is Gore a part of that? Gore, <laughs> this planet is heating up. <laughs> Is that uh, we're getting is that, hot? Is that uh, sexual undertones, Al Gore? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, I used to explain it. Now I just do this. Did I do the bit where he goes to China to try to negotiate? No. no. This is one where I do sort of a Chinese accent, like I would have 
heard Chinatown in San Francisco. Mm. I lived in San Francisco for yeah. 10 years. Yeah. It's like Bobby Slayton basically yeah. does it. And I could tell sometimes with depends on the crowd now because it's not the 80s. They get a little tense. So it turns into like a sit- situation comedy. It's like he goes to China. China, would you consider reducing your CO2 to 1950 <laughs> levels? And I just do that and I don't. And they're like, oh, we are all over that shit. <laughs> we hate CO2. Every time I see CO2, I go, oh, CO2. <laughs> Is that a coal-fired power plant behind you? That? That over there? That's a trash compactor. <laughs> How come there's smoke coming out of the back? Because we barbecue. What's the matter? Don't you like sweet and sour <laughs> How come everybody's wearing a surgical mask? Because they doctor. <laughs> Why do they wear them even when they're walking around? Because what if somebody falls on the bike? They need emergency surgery. They don't need a doctor feeling around mask all the time. <laughs> don't you want to reduce your carbon footprint? How about I take my carbon footprint and stick it up your ass? <laughs> so it's like it's this grotesque. Yeah. Nowadays, it's politically yeah. incorrect. Uh, when I'm there and I see Asian people in the audience, they're bent over crying with laughter. Well, and, 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 and that's, all, the, and that's the usually the case of the uptight. comedy club. Yes, yeah. is the people that you are actually talking about are loving it <clears throat> yeah. because you're parodying them. And they know it's a parody. You, you didn't go up there like, this is an accurate representation of, an, of a Chinese person like you didn't right say and that. there's no stereotypes Comedy. like i'm good at math or i can't drive yeah 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 negative, it's, you know, yeah yeah it's not like those kinds of things it, and it and most of them are american first mm-hmm. and chinese like three generations removed so when, when you talk about china being bad they don't look at it as chinese people they're like yeah china is bad, right not us yeah and so, they get uptight because they just they wonder, what does it say about them if they're laughing? Yeah, so it's yeah, something yeah. that maybe I will talk to the audience about. Well, and and I've, I've had this happen a couple of times in my shows. And most of the time, though, when you call them out on it yeah. and, and you let them know, like, hey, let's I, – I, I see what you're doing here. Yeah. And you're yeah. not being any better you're, – you're like you're not being a good person because you're not laughing at this joke. Right. I've said after the fact, look, I met that guy a thousand times in Chinatown. And actually, there was this one waiter. I said, one day I'm going to put you in a comedy bit. And, and he was like, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, this is a true story. I was voted the most racist comedian in America Maybe in 1987. Wow. In 87? Give it up. Wow. I mean, if you have that plaque somewhere, yeah, that'd be yeah. great. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you remember. This was early SNL days, but I did a character called Ching Chang. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken, I'd make a lousy house pad. So for your <laughs> listeners, it was basically because I was from San Francisco, and I one day saw I saw a guy in a yard with a chicken on a leash. And so a flight of fancy, it was like a guy who had pet chickens. Sure. And he wanted to, but he fell in love. He loved the chickens. So when people come in and try to buy the chickens, you try to talk the person out of it. <laughs> not, some, not an everyday comic premise. Yeah. So Lovitz is in there. Yeah. How much for this chicken? Oh, you don't want that chicken. He think he like dog, but he not dog. <laughs> you throw frisbee, he don't even fetch it. He just poke hole in it. One minute you got frisbee, next minute you got spaghetti stain out. You know? So I had no idea. I was completely naive. But at the right. end of the year, after three or four of these installments, I was voted the most racist comedian well, in America. And, and you're doing it based on someone you've met. Like yes. you're doing an impression but of you someone you can't explain that beforehand because you're pulling the sexiness out of the bit if you're like, right. this isn't racist. I know the guy. All right. And action. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Later on, Candace Bergen came. We did an episode. She goes, she go, you know, am I a nigga stereotype? You know, I was asking her. She goes, well, <laughs> you kind of are. You know, was like, so we did address it. But, yeah. you know, I, I have always maintained that non-racist people – 
offend ra- racist people. Yeah, sometimes because right. so they're, they're just joking. They don't have any preconceived notion. They know these are ridiculous no. stereotypes, yeah. and they're it, loose about it. Yeah, right. But the people who have these secret beliefs. Go, <gasps> you know, he he he's making fun of all Chinese people because that's how they really are. Like it, exactly, it's yeah. that, it's like that you're thinking. Well, this head. has nothing to do with Chinese people. Yeah. This is one guy <laughs> who I met at a restaurant. He's my waiter, and I'm right. an impressionist, and he talked exactly like that. Yeah, yeah. the so. the same anyway. The the same we'll way. Solve it. Yeah, the same way you do an impression of Ross Perot. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, people people don't get mad about that because that's literally one guy who has a name. But you're doing the same thing as the Chinese guy. You're doing an impression of one guy. Right. Just one. Yeah, thing. yeah, and it's not. I don't have hate in my heart, but you know, I always oh. say, look, I'm straight white male. 60. No, they removed it in the surgery. <laughs> they removed. It. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Did we ever finish that story? No. Does it <laughs> matter? Or it's up to yes, you guys. I want to hear it. Yeah. Well, what I mean, just basically, what happened? Yeah. Is it? Do you want to? Do that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. absolutely. Well, I have familial hypercholesteremia, so my cholesterol was was the only thing that caused this. Because when anyone gets sick or gets anything, the first thing other humans think of is a reason why they can't possibly get what that person right. got. Well, he they're got that, stressed yeah. out, or he smoked, or he, yeah, he drank, or he did ecstasy one time five years ago, or he just thought negative thoughts. <laughs> he know. laughed at Dana Carvey's Chinese bit in the eighties. Yeah, and it's God <laughs> punishing him. So when he I'm didn't fl- believe. He didn't see the movie Hook, and he didn't believe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm 42 and I'm running, and then I feel this burning in my throat, and it kind of went on for a few months. I'm thinking, eh, what the hell's that? Because who wants to go to the doctor? Mm. So then they do a little stress test, and they go, um, uh, you, you, you got that one artery, your main lower anterior descending. They call it the widowmaker is looks blocked. Oh, blocked. The wi- the yeah, widowmaker sure. is blocked. You know, fantastic, you know, <laughs> great name for an artery. You know, the widowmaker can't be called, you know, the flooding dam or something. You know. Gotta have flying pigeons. You know. No, no, it's great. You're great. You're fantastic. I actually was doing Woody Allen when they wheeled me in for the surgery no, on the gurney. Oh yeah, yeah, because I, uh, you know, because they have the saw. They saw you in half. It's like a magic trick. It was under a little towel. And I oh, was well, like, when I'm before they put me yeah. under, I'm like, you know, should I just, you know, what's that? You know, I wonder what's under the towel. Like, you know, if you don't mind, I'd like a sedative. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh my god. Now, now, is that? And and we'll go on one little minor tangent, but we'll get back to the story. Is that mm-hmm. like? Because I know that whenever I'm uncomfortable, I mm-hmm. try to make jokes. Yes. Or whenever oh, yeah. I'm sad, I try I try to make jokes just to just to kind of ease the tension. Was that you totally. doing that in that scenario? Like you're nervous as hell, and that's, that's what you're trying to do. Thousand yeah. percent. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the last thing they'll take away is my sense of humor. Yeah, because darkness and lightness are just fucking intertwined, <laughs> right? DNA. Yeah, they're just so close together. Mm-hmm. And what happened to me was funny. It was funny. It was funny all along. But so basically, then they wrote a router. They go through your familial artery just with little devices. This is just like getting a root canal. Yeah. And they just push all the plaque against the artery and put a little metal cage in there. <laughs> if your viewers, your listeners could see the faces I'm seeing right now, Adam's size just got really big. I know it's 20 years ago. Wow. Oh, man. But, um, and, and like that's some 2001. Like, but. Can't you just shrink the ship and go hit it with some lasers or oh, something? Oh, that well, yeah, that's a fantastic voyage. I mean, you want yeah. Raquel Welch, and she's got little things all over. <laughs> she's in there swimming. And so they put you on a sleepy sedative. And so then what happens is your body has no mechanism for being stabbed that way. Right. So it wants to coagulate so mm-hmm. and, and build scar tissue. But ironically, building scar tissue inside the little tunnel actually then re-blocks the tunnel. Right. It's called restenosis. Oh, so they kept 
going in uh, like three or four times over a six-month period. I kept restenosing. My cardiologist, who's from India, said, we didn't know you were a sir. <laughs> so he doesn't mind my impression. P.K. Shaw, he's yeah. brilliant. Cedar Sinai. I've there you done go. so many. Uh, yeah, exactly. He just thinks it's funny. Um, so I had a bunch of those, and then finally said, well, we could do a simple double bypass, mm-hmm. you know. Um, do you even know what that is at that point? I mean, like, how much more of, terminology did you learn from the experience? Well, I kept, well, now I'm an expert. Yeah. I got really, really curious, especially being with P.K. Shaw. Of course. Because when I was up in Marin County, they go, well, it's kind of in your mind. You know, they just said, <laughs> you, I have the power to create blockages in my chest. Am no. I a superhero? You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, just put this holistic crystal on your chest and then just. Uh, Watch uh, the never-ending story uh, backwards. Yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. Sing, sing, sing the theme song to Up, and then, uh, that, then you're good. God. <laughs> God, there's a reference. I can't keep up with you guys. Uh, a never-ending story. You've seen the never-ending story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so then the, I was up in Marin County, so we had it at a local hospital there. The guy was de- clearly, he was an uh, old guy, and he mm-hmm. had a rough time. I didn't, they said he's the best surgeon in the world, but he was way past his prime. Gotcha. So when he did it, it's kind of like he got the first diagonal. He connected the bypass mammary arteries, just swung over. It was good. The other one is kind of like you're t- attaching a hose to a, a tree trunk. But you attach it to a branch instead wow. of a trunk. So okay. it didn't hurt me. <clears throat> yeah. And then once I found that out later on, they went in the rotor rooter. That time I said, I don't want that much sedative. I mean, I wasn't in any pain, but I was watching it all on the TV screen. Oh, I was at Cedars. And I go, let's go for it. Let's open it wider with Neil Eigler, Dr. Neil Eigler. So I was part of By that point, I'd learned so much. Yeah. And they had really good ultrasound equipment. I said, yeah. He goes, you want to go a little bigger? I go, yeah, let's go bigger. And that exact same thing, I checked it out a year ago, is wide open. Wow. It, and she did a prayer in Ireland at a famous wishing well, my Irish mother-in-law. Yeah. And P.K. Shaw did a prayer at um, Mother Teresa's tomb. <laughs> well, you had before they did it? No, but a- afterwards that it would not restenose again. Because I thought they were going to have to chop me open again. Because remember, they went in three right, times right, through right. the groin. One time opened up, whoops. <laughs> so I thought it would reach the notes again. They have to open up again. And every yeah. time you do that, I mean, that's just a. I mean, surgery in general and going under is scary. But like anything, it's around that close to the. Uh, oh, it's just it's surreal. Your mind goes to another place. And so I recovered, and then the heart. I never had a heart attack, so I've just been fine. But that was, you know, my. Do you think you learning uh, and and gaining that much knowledge about it, like to make your own decisions, is something a lot of people don't do? Because it seemed like you were very well informed to be like, yeah, let's go bigger. Because the doctor, right? Like they're going to do what they're going to do. But I mean, if you are, if you have gotten to a point to where you're, you know, you want to be a part of your, right? I, I had a private jet in the air that I that I was talked out of. <clears throat> Picking me up, Marin, to go to Cedars. Next time I have the private jet land. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I had very well-meaning people saying, mm-hmm. oh, why do that? And I didn't want to put my family through it. So so it happened, and I escaped it. And so, like, I cheated death, basically, because that guy was having a really bad day. And you don't want someone to be having a shitbox day when they've got you wide open. Oh, I had, no. some, I had somebody give me a haircut who was having a bad day, and I, like, turned my head down once to look at my phone. She yanked my head back and said, can you not do that and then and i'm and i'm watching in the mirror her face the whole time never smile once i tried to make a little small talk just to like feel out where she was at and wasn't having it and then i just stood up one point i go i don't know if i can let you finish this haircut and she was like what what's wrong with you i go 
No, I think I should be asking you that. And also, you're holding scissors at my head, and I don't want—I don't seem—I don't feel like you're in the great place to cut my hair. So I went and I told him, "I go, I'm going to pay for this." By the way, this was at Floyd's Barbershop on Melrose. I have no problem saying that because uh, they sent me a letter. Wow, I posted a video, hair, terrible haircut, and I go, "I feel bad. I'm going to pay for it anyway." But she shouldn't be like working today because look at my head. And the woman, at the, even who, who's checking me out, goes, "It's not that bad." And I go, should you be saying that to somebody who just got a haircut? <laughs> so I made a video and posted it online and they and just basically showing my head and being wow. like, hey, this was a terrible. Floyd's corporate sent me an email through MySpace and goes, hey, we saw your video. We apologize for the haircut. Free haircuts for a year. I go, I don't think you guys understand oh, what the wow. pro- that that was the root of the problem. Like if somebody, <laughs> if I hooked up with a girl right. and she like gave me herpes and then she wanted to apologize and was like, I'm so sorry. Hey. I gave you herpes. That was fucked up. But meet me on Melrose, and I'll give you gonorrhea too, just to say sorry. <laughs> and just wow. keep just keep coming back for a year yeah. in a new disease every week. <laughs> so I catching somebody in their professional like uh, place that yeah. where they're not their best, like you made a solid decision by not being with that dog. Yeah. It, well, the amazing well, part not, is not to, I went to Cedars and got fixed up. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like the doc in um, Marin County. Yeah. 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 And. The amazing part is, is, is you look back at like what we do as comics. You're like, yeah, if we have a bad day, if we're having if shit's going on in our lives and we're not a, able to step outside of it, yeah, some pe- some people didn't laugh that night and, yeah. ma- and maybe walk out of the theater and go, well, he's not as good as I thought. I, I heard he was, but yeah, these guys, if they, like your doctor, if he's like his wife is, you know, fucking his brother or whatever, then he, you don't exactly want to. Well, I had to, I had to sue him because he just said looks good to me. So I had to sue him. And wow. So it was like a Jimmy Stewart thing. I just had that old fashioned tape. Like, I don't back down for nobody <laughs> because I got to protect the next person. Yeah. Know? And there actually were other people that didn't do so well. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. And so this was like an ongoing thing with this doc? Well, I had to sue him. It took months. And then he finally he thought I would blink and I didn't. So we're at the San Francisco court and we come out and there's just this is 1998. Tons of uh, cameras. I just no thought I had done SNL, done a couple shitty movies. I thought I was just sort of done. I could just go <laughs> open court. And they were like, you know, People Magazine said, we're putting you on the cover. And I instantly said, you know, thanks, but no thanks. And they go, no, 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 we're putting you on the cover. So I realized that they were just going to put me on no matter what. That Then I post pictures with my wife. No, you want me down at the end of the hall? I'll hug her, get the camera there. And um, wow! So and, and yeah, he he thought you would back down. You're like, I don't think you understand how much Lauren Michaels pays. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I will never back Dana down. Never backs down. Um, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have. I gave all the money away. You know, the defense. It was. It's. It's. It's worthy of its own podcast. This, oh, this episode. We we yeah. will we will come back and do that. We'll yeah. we'll do a we'll do a special court TV. Would Dana Carvey edition. Would there have been a 1940? <clears throat> like, I'm curious what the uh, the movie reel uh, on that story would have been like. The church lady opened up, <laughs> but not about her love for Jesus. <laughs> uh oh, took the wrong bypass. Got one, but not two. Looking kind of dark in there, but it is. Had a bad day. Next time they'll bring a flashlight. <laughs> Hey, everybody, it's Adam Ray from the About Last Night podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Hope you've been loving it. And thanks again to CISO for sponsoring today's episode. Look, if you guys like comedy and you want all your favorites in one place, CISO is for you. It's a premium comedy streaming service. That's right, streaming. What does streaming mean? The internet, Dad, with original series, quotable classics, next day late nights, 
stand-up specials, and more. Our boy Rory Scovel has a stand-up special on there. He's hilarious. A former guest of the About Last Night podcast. Just go see for yourself, all right? CISO's got all 40 seasons of SNL, the entire Monty Python library, Kids in the Hall, both versions of The Office, Steve Carell and Ricky Gervais, hilarious brand-new exclusive stand-up and series from people like Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, Dan Harmon, Scott Ackerman, and Jonah Ray. And it's every single week. Plus, it's 100% ad-free and only costs $3.99 a month. All right? Go see for yourself for free right now at CISO.com. Uh, you briefly did a Lauren impression. Uh, um, I, I read a story that said when you were at SNL, you would write like fake stage directions just so you would hear Lauren read them. Well, we did it once. Yeah. Uh, we did uh, – <laughs> just you're there after a few years. You just get kind of bored. So I came with this idea of um, – the press was asking uh, – the beginning, there was a little press conference for like the fourth season and mm-hmm. – uh, Hey, got any new characters? So, and new catchphrases. So, I just said, Well, I got a character. What's the catchphrase? And, and it's like, The catchphrase is, I got to, got to, got to go. You know? <laughs> so, then later on, I wrote Funny Little Poopy Head with, with Mrs. Funny Little Poopy Head, trying to make the worst sketch ever with shit ton of stage direction that Lauren would have to read. So, Jan pay, played my wife. So, I'm like, I got to, got to, got to go. And then her alternate catchphrase was like, And I'm going with them. And then it was long stay. Funny little poopy head is sad. Funny little poopy head sits down. Funny little poopy head gets up there. We may have said it like 300 times. Lovitz was dying. <laughs> now, and I would imagine that when you're in that kind of environment at Saturday Night Live, those kind of things have to happen just to kind of break up the monotony of it. Well, just just the fear, you know. Yeah. Just just fear that it'll go under. Fear that fear you'll blow up on national television. Fear that you won't get your skit on. Uh, yeah. And, and, just tension. Yeah. You know? The tension is, I mean, every uh, <clears throat> what Monday when you guys would um, pitch, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, were you ever, um, was there ever a point when you got comfortable and you were like, all right, cool, I'm going to get something on this week? Like what well, year? after 88, when, when I was lucky enough that my guy won the election, where <laughs> John was playing Dukakis, and he yeah. called me to con- concede defeat before the real Dukakis called so the real. So funny. So you're going to be the president on SNL for four years. Congratulations. <laughs> you know? So it was true. So then that became... That started to get very popular, and then Lauren became a champion of it. And like sometimes on a Friday night, oh, maybe a Bush cold opening, you know. Because he knew that the cold opening is such a key to that show. Yep. It just yeah. lifts the studio up. And I had all, but sometimes that was the only thing where I could really improvise a lot because, you know, you had camera blocking. Mm-hmm. But if you're in one in a lockdown shot to camera, then who's to stop you? So I remember saying to myself one night, the cue cards are just suggestions. And so I started what? going off, and that's where I would start yeah. out in that area, coming at you, coming at you, going down. So I was playing it like a stand-up. In other words, I was going to do this as long as the audience was going to go with it. Right. Just- and the cue card guy would be like, you know. And sometimes <laughs> I'd come off, I'd think that Senator Al Franken, um, who was kind of like my partner and Jim Downey, yeah. I thought they'd be kind of mad at me. And yeah. Sometimes they were like, because I skipped over jokes. Wow. But... That kind of looseness and rhythm, you don't, you know, it took a long time to get that. And Lauren was a fan of that. He, because he could tell you were going off page. Lauren basically, um, Lauren believed in me. This is sort of just chew the violins, but yeah. he believed in me. He saw my potential sooner than I did. He's like, you know, he really did. 
Um, well, I mean, that's probably the the case for a lot of cast members where he that's why they're there on the show. Even if they're not ready the first season to be on the show, he stick he sticks with them. And yeah, but I think there's something. also but I see think yeah. something you don't see because I'd never done sketch comedy till the first sketch on SNL. But I think but I think there's it, it's also uh, to that point like there's not everybody does he maybe invest as much. Um, you know, belief in to be able to say, "Hey, let's throw you like to always bring, be bringing up you for the cold open," and and I'm sure like, you know, it's just the way that you know parents have favorites, right? Like, there's like he's he seems like well, he really, if it, you know, you're so afraid of bobbling words or keep being kind of frozen. I think all the stand up I've done my ten thousand hours, so yeah. to speak, mm-hmm. which you guys are in the middle of doing or have probably done, mm-hmm. and those instincts just kick in and. You know, Phil was a brilliant reader. I mean, you want to be able to just see that card and get it under pressure mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, it can really slow you down or you can – if you're even slightly dyslexic, you're at a huge disadvantage on that oh, show. yeah. I mean, because uh, I, I know Mike Myers told a story about he was doing uh, Sprockets and they dropped the cue cards. Oh, yeah. And then they, 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 he sees people scrambling and now the cue cards are in the wrong order and he doesn't know where to go, but it's like you just you can't – Stop! You can't be in front of camera and be like, "Sorry, the guy just dropped the cue cards." You just have to keep going. That's the fun of it. In fact, I kind of wish this special was live. Mm-hmm. Like that focuses stream you. it live. Well, yeah, it's Netflix, but if they have, if they end up doing live, I would like to do a live. I know. I mean, I think it creates a certain kind of energy. Yeah, and I was just talking about that with uh, you know a Broadway video uh, above average. You know the uh, um, yeah. Lawrence Company. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, on my YouTube pages with them, and I was just over there talking to them in New York, and they were, they, want, they were asking me about, like, we were thinking about doing some stand-up live streaming stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> and I was like, that's actually kind of a great idea, because I think that is a maybe a medium that people would start wanting to pay for that can't go see uh, your special live, that could watch it live like that. But, I mean, then, mm-hmm. then you got to figure out the particulars. Of the- even if it's recorded live, I mean, we all know even our best nights, like like saying if someone heckles or something happens, it's just, there's, it still just bounces off the screen, and it's hard as a stand-up. The, the biggest mind fuck for me is just not wanting to finish my outline because I don't feel that when I'm just headlining the Ice House or a theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but when the cameras are on, here you go. You I tend know. to want to just and so I do think what you've you, done. I think Brad escaped it somehow. That's why I always look at the eyes. You know, there's just this. You you took it as more like joyful. Where yeah. if I could, last special, I just look at my eyes, fearful, not having fun. <laughs> really, just, just could see it. And really? know the reason. So how are you trying to change that for this next one? Just anger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so fucking af- tired of being afraid. I don't yeah. – it's just that – and I tell my kids this when we get to the club to desensitize them because like, mm-hmm. they open for me now. So, okay, okay, we're going to come in. It's going to be all this hubble bubble. There's going to be waitresses all around. You guys, who wants something to drink? Then there's a sound man's going to come in. Okay, who's going on first? How long are you doing? All this stuff is tightening you. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready at the world-famous improv? Sometimes with me, they go, the man himself is coming out right now. So everything. So I look. that's the fun part of this for me. Because when you get there, all the lights are set up. And, like, mm-hmm. and there's a stage manager. Oh, we're going in one minute. And the crowd kind of comes down. you know. And there's all mm-hmm. the lights. And then there's the nervous uh, executives backstage. They don't even realize I'm doing a look now. The way they're looking at you, yeah, because they're th- they're kind of thinking it's you going out there, yeah, right. So I don't know. Well, I'm going to ask you how did sure. you how did you turn that? Because it's like was that your first hour special? That was my first hour special. So yeah. you would have all those people looking at you. Yep. You'd have the crowd hubbub. Yep. You'd have here's the lights. Yep. You'd have so how did you defeat that? Or was it, you didn't even have to think? You just well seem and- more joyful. <laughs> like I can't wait. It's the whole thing of like I can't wait to fuck them up in a good way, yeah. <laughs> as opposed to them. Well, yeah. in in to 
answer that, I'll actually say something that happened uh, at at the taping of my second special, which is probably going to come out in May. She's uh, a wheeze. They're like, yeah. focus, you're yeah. beating me to the punch. <laughs> yeah. but, um, it's actually called I Am Dana Carvey's Best Friend. Yes, uh, yeah. that's the name of the name. Mine's called, mine's called Jimmy Fallon Live. <laughs> <laughs> but like, um, the... It's a good keyword search. Yeah. The audience coordinator uh, mm-hmm. in talking to the audience and getting them set up yeah. and, get, and getting them seated actually tipped one of my jokes. And Your closer? Yes, my closer. He tipped the sort of, and this is how it ends. And uh, and I was backstage. I think you can say without it giving it away at all. I mean, I mean, I've talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, but, but but still, and so you have a, a wrench in your head right now. You're kind of like, what the fuck? Yes. Oh, he, I've never seen him so. I was pissed. battling a pit. I mean, literally minutes. I literally I introed him to go on stage. And I'm literally holding the mic and getting ready to do it, and then he's out there, and I was going to go out and do 10 minutes first, so I was waiting for that, and I was like, Brad, should I even do time, because he's out there for a little bit, and then he tips him off, and Brad, I mean, it was almost like, I thought for a second he wasn't even going to go on, he looked so distraught. I, I told, to me, I want to hear that you're, you're, but this this is show business, yeah. this is what mm-hmm. I tell my kids, yeah. you don't always get to go on when you want to go on, yeah. and, and, and the irony of that, mm. that that moment Luckily, it was your second special. Yeah. How did you handle that? How did you turn it? Well, I mean, and this is what has happened to me. I've found out throughout my career, whether it be if the feature bombs or if someone goes on 20 minutes too long or if someone's, like, messing up, the sound guy's fucking up, the manager comes over and says something to me. I just use that frustration and go, like, all right, I I have this huge uh, chip on my shoulder. I'm just like, all right. Despite all the disadvantages you just put in front of me, fuck you. I'm going to do this, and I'm. Now and, and, and fuck I'll, you to the. To you said to me, which was a little weird because yeah. I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm even the guy. your best friend. I, oh, I wait, you were it. the Oprah warmer who gave away the joke. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to that part of the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, and so, and so, so to go back to the first special, I knew that this is my first special, and while I might be scared out of my mind, uh, they can't know that. They cannot know that I'm scared. So just smile. So just be happy. Just have well, fun. Well, that's good. Okay. So you're the mental, the sort of cognitive behavioral therapy was, yeah. was the can't. Well, it doesn't matter that I'm, I'm tense right now. They yeah. can't know that. They cannot okay? know that. And, so, you uh, kind of for, well, so you forced a little bit of a smile to just make yourself smile genuinely or what? Yeah. And, and well, I mean, it's kind of happened throughout, the, throughout my life in terms of if, if like kids ever made fun of me for being tiny, mm-hmm. while, it may, while it hurt, I could never let them know that. I, I could never let them know that they that they just got to me. Jeez, have you done a bit about that? That's, no, that's got that's real shit. Fuel. Yeah, <clears throat> but uh, I can't let you know. In the same way, when we all experience hecklers, like you, you can't. Even if the heckler says something that kind of throws you off, you right. cannot let him know that. You cannot right. let the heckler know that. Oh, I can yell something out and fuck him up and make and make, and make the show about me. No. Well, I'd be curious about the second one because what's happened with me, and these are all first world problems. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But problems. Is that because I go on TV twice a year, I go, okay, I, I have to be prepared and score. Mm-hmm. I can't go on like I've got not, you know, like I'm Kevin Hart, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna get work. another movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. I'll be, on, I'll be on in two more weeks, so if I fuck it yeah, up, it's If you fine. don't like this appearance, check me out in two weeks. Yeah. Which is great, you know. But I, so it's kind of like. The idea of part of my brand, and now it was soon part of your brand. It's like, oh boy, 
he's going to kill the whole time. I mean, mm. I don't think anyone had it harder than like Rob Williams, probably. Oh, like, oh here he comes. Yeah. The, the genius himself. And it's going to be crazy. One of the greatest here. comedians of all time. And you're like, yeah, that kind of pressure. I know. And then I see Mark Marins, which I really enjoy. And he's sitting mm-hmm. on the stool and kind of deconstructing pain, yeah. the entire thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, so part of my brand is I'll bring the voices. I'll be like, wow, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just. The last special I had, it was at the Wells Fargo Center, incredible theater. Have you guys ever played no, there? No, that's uh, in no. 1,500 Phoenix? seats. It's actually in Santa Rosa. Oh, wow. It's just ridiculous. Carlin did a special in there, Kathy Griffin. Everybody. Awesome. And so the they were so great. They were here, you yeah. know? And um, I started jumping around like a monkey rather than kind of trying to take it down. And, mm-hmm. Because you know, you're trying to match their energy. Yeah, I had nowhere to go, yeah. you know? And plus, I was underwritten and underprepared, you know? So. Well, something you are not for this one. Yeah, certainly not. Certainly not underwritten. Well, <laughs> yeah. The more it's kind of like the more you get you get a hold of it, and then I watch John Mulaney, and I'm like, I don't know. It's just not my style. Like, I'm, I'm not. I don't have ten minute. You know, I, I have sketches or, yeah. where I okay. I'm going to be two guys for three minutes. Mm-hmm. I have like three or four sketches I'm doing, and you know what? And that's different. <laughs> Nobody does that because uh, it's scary. Because once you lock into a sketch, and then what if the sketch isn't going well? Exactly. Right. You know, and that's why it's very hard. But Danny, you're so captivating as, I mean, we obviously, and everybody who loves you know that, that like, and your level of commitment when you do jump into these bits is so overwhelming that, I mean, from the outside looking in, I don't know if there's ever a thought in your mind, if you're doing the John and Paul bit, and it's maybe, there's a part you wrote that didn't get the laugh you thought, do you ever think like, oh shit, like edit on the fly or maybe shorten this whole bit or well, do you say I, I'm in it I think for me like maybe I'll eventually just do a podcast with video but the things I love the most is when I'm first coming on to them and mm-hmm. then I lose the thread of them so I had started losing the John and Paul bit you know it was just sort of drifting away yeah mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't killing as much you know you have bits for a while and all of a sudden they're like yeah. well, well that's kind of odd so you have to go back luckily the ice house I had a tape and went oh and I'd forgot because when you first come into it, you're chewy and you're connected to the words. It's sort of like mm-hmm. I was really doing Paul. And I was really listening to what he was saying, you know. <laughs> and I forgot to play the character. It's just subtle. Yeah. But it started drifting away from me. And it happens a lot. And so stand-up for me, the, the, the pros, the type of mind that really wants to engineer it and write it and do it word for word in a brilliant way, like Seinfeld or something – it's great. You know, for me, I get really bored. I love that SNL was just ADD, you know, <laughs> because you didn't repeat. Even though you're doing Hans and Franz again, it was new jokes. It right, was fast. Right. It was going. And so that really matched my brain. And stand-up, when it's like, okay, Tuesday night at 8.30, you're going to do it. You know, mm-hmm. it's just fucks with my head. So we'll see how I do. <laughs> but I, I'm at the, I'm, I, I want to talk to the audience about it. I mean, yeah. you know, I will probably just mention it. Uh, you know, to the audience. I'll, yeah. Uh, before we wrap, I do want to. Yeah, I know we've been we going for a while. No, minutes. I have so much stuff. To well, go. But I, 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 I want to talk about your yeah. show that's coming out on the USA Network. Yeah. Yes. So, so I go on Fallon. I do Wheel of Impressions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So then that you know now Jamie Fox they do Wheel of Musical Impressions. So it's a, so this company Renegade said, oh man, let's do let's do this impressionist competition show, um, which other people had come to me and I actually had thought of it too but i didn't think it could sustain like american idol right or the voice four months you know i just didn't think it could sustain so they said we'll do half hour episodes we'll have three impressionists come out i said well i don't want to be a judge i don't want to do it i said i turned them down for two years they won't be a judge you'll just be a mentor off to the side you'll Mm -hmm. have a guest guy with you 
So it was a half hour. And then I said, I don't think so. I turned it down. They go, well, we pitched it to USA. They say six on the air for this much money. I go, really? It's on? Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's, it's on in um, May. Yep. May. May like 19th, cool. six weeks in a row. It's a half hour. And you had, and who were the, um, the guests that you had with Lovitz you? Lovitz did an episode, <clears throat> brought his dog. Awesome. Kevin Nealon did an episode. Uh, Steve Carell. Yeah. You know, just a few different people. Leno came in. That's mm-hmm. amazing. I did the. You well, know, did so. you like? Does Leno judge people doing him because he's not necessarily an impressionist? Not at all. We did the old gag where I'm out there because I would play ga- improv games with the the contestants. Yeah, that was part of one of the um, uh, challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a talk show host, and I would switch around. Sometimes I'd do Miller. You know, Christ sakes, Johnny C. Riley, <laughs> <laughs> Paging Farrell, you know, whatever. Um, and then I just intentionally did this grotesque Leno mm-hmm. and none of nobody knew that Jay was then going to appear behind oh, me that's creepy amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah, this guy's a crazy it's, it's alright you know doing the whole thing <laughs> and then he's coming in and then we did that yeah. so it was just a fun little thing I don't know I mean I feel like as a as a uh, viewer you know it's an a la carte world let's yeah. watch mm-hmm. a little Downton Abbey and a little a little of this and can I do my Downton Abbey yes sure this? Yeah, absolutely. and let's watch this so I thought as a performer it doesn't have. To, it's not really even a career move. It's like let's do a little of that. Now let's do a little Netflix. Totally. Like, mm-hmm. Do a little crackle. Or I think it's a smart move. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it also, yeah. the um, there hasn't people love impressions so much, and there hasn't been anything like that to um, you know, uh, showcase them. Yeah. Yeah, and there are like amazing people online mm-hmm. that you see and you go, holy. Yeah. Was there anybody <laughs> in particular? I mean, I know you can't probably talk about them, their name, but like, was there somebody that you just like, holy, like maybe you saw oh, a little yeah, bit of you in them? Or there's a guy who did just Cat Williams. It was off the charts. And a guy did Sam Kennison. It was crazy. Wow. I mean, now you as the guide or the sort of mentor to these people, can you teach impressions to people or is it just kind of not really sort of a lot of them are hands. better than me it was it was a little <laughs> awkward some of the time you know and we were just there giving them feedback and mm-hmm. uh you know I, there wasn't that much time to critique them it's really 22 minutes yeah but right. you know for me it's like just just extenuate rhythms and be more playful with it would be my only having a know, good ear like you mentioned with dex right is is key to be able to just i think hear it's the things. first first step but you can find angles because if, if you really think of it as an impression not mm-hmm. a tape recorder then there is sort of carte, carte blanche in, in yeah. terms of stuff you know and it's you know Who's your newest one you're working on? Uh, newest one I'm working on is uh, Patrick Warburton. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, well, you're definitely in your face him. here. Yeah, Patrick Warburton. That's right. Yeah, uh, Peter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but uh, you know, it's good. It's that's strong. good. That's good. It's all right. That's I just, just got to think of a vehicle for him, which uh, it's uh, it's ironic. I use the word vehicle since I'm a spokesperson for National Rent a Car. <laughs> so yeah just uh, i know there's one sometimes i on. want to learn ones like i'd like to learn mark Wahlberg because i'm playing doing this special in boston i mean i think it's great i can't do this <laughs> this is wicked smart it's great i mean that's what people do I mean, yeah well, well yeah mark is they always the out of breath yeah, the mark is always yeah. out of breath he he, yeah. he he can be like pouring a cup of tea be like <sighs> yeah so 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 you gonna drink this tea? You want chamomile? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chamomile or black? Yeah. You want both? Yeah. Jesus! Yeah. Two teas in one cup? That's it. I know. So because <laughs> I do a bit about just being born under. I all my stuff is trying to be. It's not trying to be. It is more thematic. Yeah. It's about mm-hmm. lucky I am just to be born or be alive now, where I can make a living doing this. Yeah. And yeah. then Cary Grant. I say, I tell the young people he was he was our George Clooney. Oh yeah. If he was born in 1820 in Prussia, he'd be like, I can't believe it. <laughs> 
It's 1820 in Prussia. I'm incredibly handsome. I've got this amazing voice, but all I can do is rake this fucking corn. <laughs> Born at the wrong time. So I thought of maybe adding Wahlberg to that. I can't rake corn. So I should be in movies. <laughs> what the fuck is a movie? It's 1819, bitch. Oh, that's good. Then yeah, Cary Grant starts banking. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> there you go. They start like, having a conversation across space and time. Yeah, I do a ventriloquist. Uh, makes $20 million in Vegas. What if it was 1300 in England? Yeah, how can you help the king? I can talk without me lips. <laughs> oh, you, you jest. Of course, everyone has to move their lips to form words. <laughs> and then uh, speaking of England, you said you, you had something on a... Downton Abbey. Abbey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it, is, it, is it Downtown Abbey or Downton? I just call it Downton. Downton. Yeah, but it's spelled downtown. Yeah, I think uh, the constant. The more people talk about it, the, the less consonants get. It's, it's, yeah. it's just a really. Cheap, it's an incredibly intentionally cheap bad joke. But there's yeah. a character in there um, called Mr. Bates, so it comes from that idea. Come what on earth is wrong with Master Bates? <laughs> well, my lady, Master Bates disappears for long periods of time. My lady, where most unusual. Sounds. What on earth could Master Bates be doing in this room for this a long period of time? So it goes. Snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, should, I should, you know. So it's, you just, I'm not putting that in the special, but there are things you think of that you just um, like. I have, uh, you know, where would I put this? British actors who star in movies about Nazi Germany, but don't bother to change their accent. You know these kinds of movies? Yeah. Now you see here, I'm a Nazi through and through. <laughs> I love Hitler as much as anybody. <laughs> but I'm the biggest Nazi of them all. So. Well, yeah, well, well, and you could adjust that for actors, because I know uh, like Sean Connery just had the Scottish brogue, and he played King Arthur, for God's sake. And then he's, or, yeah. He, he played he, a Russian submarine. Yeah, guy. he played yeah, a yeah. Russian submarine. Gosh. He played a Russian submarine captain. <laughs> and, and just doing that voice, you're like, that's not... Oh, you listen to me, comrade. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be other uh, yeah, examples. Uh, Ger- Gerard Butler uh, just played a pharaoh of Egypt with a Scottish accent. With a Scottish rogue. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I am a god of Egypt. It's like, eh, not, not quite. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could be like, yeah, maybe Russell Crowe, you know, trying to play Gandhi, but holds on to the Australian Russell accent. Russell Crowe, very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from... Um, Master and Commander. Yeah. Try shot number. Try shot guns. <laughs> it's basically Sean Connery. But he, he's the only guy with a voice. Everyone else is kind and of... And maybe there's, there could be something with that, that maybe there's actors that tried to put on an accent where they didn't need to, like if... I don't know, Robert Downey Jr. was doing Chaplin and one came in with like a Jamaican accent or something. And they were like, <laughs> well, John Wayne famously did... Genghis Khan. Genghis yeah. Khan. Yeah. All right, there. I'm going to come over and kill every one of you <laughs> dirty Mongols. <laughs> well, <laughs> like I don't have a Fu Manchu for nothing. <laughs> I used to think about just... John Wayne, kids who don't know him, it's like, you know how Vin Diesel's flying in a car in 10,000 feet and laughing? John Wayne not only had no fear, but he was angry at the idea of fear. You know, like, (laughs) you know, Walter Brennan be like, uh, well, we can't take the submarine down, Duke. We'll explode. (laughs) I said, take her down. But it's going to explode, Duke. That's crazy. (laughs) I said, take her down, Pappy. There's 10,000 Indians and five of us. I said, charge. We're going to die. I said, charge, Pappy. I'm not afraid of nothing. I'm only angry at the idea of fear. That's why I say it's kind of feminine to take care of yourself. Yeah. And, you know, because I said to my wife, I'm going to check my cholesterol. She goes, why? 
<laughs> this is sort of effeminate. Yeah, right. Oh man, the dermatologist said everything is. Yeah, good. be a dude, just like yeah, like cholesterol, just and just die. It's going to be bad. <laughs> just, yeah, then it was supposed to be. You're a dude. Men yeah. are supposed to die. That's the truth. Yeah, and, and, and that's another we'll, podcast. Yeah. How how much uh, have uh, your uh, your boys impacted this special? I mean, because obviously you said. I mean, they weren't a part of the last one, right? Opening for you? Will no, be- not at all. No, God, so that's got to be. Seven years ago, they're they're going to open for me. So that in itself is already way more exciting and probably relaxing for you, right? Well, it's 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 both. I mean, you know, it's Little League Dad. You mean yeah. I? Part of me is doing it. Well, I'm doing it because I think they they've earned it. All they're going to do is four minutes each. Cool. Mm-hmm. I told them, look, if we can find a really nice minute and a half, we'll put it in the closing credits or awesome. maybe up front. Yeah, yeah. Because really, at this point in my existence, I feel like a you know, a wolf on the plains with a carcass that I just been, I've gotten so much accolades and attention and money. I, I don't, I want to push it you away. I'm more interested in your special than my special. <laughs> and that. for my kids, it's really a thrill. And they have that target on their back. They're Dana Carvey's kid. Right. But they love it and they want it. And they're, they're really starting to really work hard now, which is really taping, sitting mm-hmm. at the table, going, see, the reason that didn't work right there, see how you garbled that one word? Or how you rushed right into that. You've got yeah. to, you, you need one line before that. You're getting into that kind of nitty gritty. Until you get the confidence yeah. to mm-hmm. write on stage. Yeah. Yeah, but they, that takes yeah, a while. Fake yeah. Yeah. So you really do have to go back and, and check the tape and, yeah. and see the technical stuff because, man, timing and, and rushing stuff. I would talk so fast at the beginning and I would listen. I was like, Jesus, no wonder my mom would be like, I like that one joke. Um, well, I can't remember it because you flew through it, you know. <laughs> right. My brother one night, I bombed at the Improv in Hollywood. This is when I first came down. He this was, is your brother Brad? This was Scott. Oh, Scott. But okay. Brad could have said it too. <laughs> but it was very – it encapsulated that whole idea. He said, um, hurry up and be funny. <laughs> you know, there's a sense of getting on stage. I better get going fast. Yeah. yeah. Get some laughs. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know? and until you get that first laugh, you're nervous that it's never going to come. So yeah, you're just throwing everything out there like, well, what about this? This is funny? No? Okay. Fuck. I know. Uh, this? Uh. <laughs> so usually deconstructing it is kind of the best thing. Yeah. Basically talking about the idea of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Everyone anxious. Everyone <laughs> wants me to succeed. Yeah. Uh, this might be something that you could uh, throw into the special at the last second. This oh, is, is it? We uh, obviously have, you know, the uh, political race is very yes. um, prominent. And Ish. you're talking about it in your act. And yeah. I think it's tough to not talk about it in social conversations because of how crazy the times are so brad and i were thinking wow just because of the level that trump has gotten to and the fact i mean in in some ways i feel like arnold paved the way and maybe reagan paved the way but Mm -hmm. uh so we were like man trump is kind of making it like for me he's saying stuff like when he's like you know 9-11 was bad paris attacks were were terrible what's happening in la was bad it's not good we need no one knows what's going on we need to figure out what's going on i'm like that's what I would say. You can't say what I would say, like running, yeah. like because you, you have to be smarter if you're president. Like yeah, that's what I would yeah. say in the fifth grade. You know, if I was running for yeah. treasurer, like things are bad, they need to be good, and McDonald's for recess. But right. like, uh, <laughs> so we were like, anybody could pretty much run at this point. Is what we feel like. So we want well, this will change everything forever, whether for, he's president or not. Yes. I yeah. think like John Stewart would just be like a serious candidate right now. 
yeah. in 2020 if, yes. you want, if you chose to. Yes. You yeah. wouldn't think, oh, a comedian? No, they'd be, oh, of course. Yeah, it's like yeah. he would have a 48% approval rating right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think Trump has upended and changed everything. Yeah. I think Arnold was an ancestor. It's not a coincidence that Arnold swapped him. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's the celebrity apprentice guy. Yeah, right. And Trump used to say, you're fired. Arnold, when you get off the show, get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> the chopper's waiting for you. Job get is, to it. Get to it. And they take him out of the chopper. Well, be, yeah. Job. Be, because Trump was sort of a celebrity first, and now yeah. he's running for president, we were wondering if uh, you could do maybe some speeches. Of we could throw some names some at other you, people. and you can maybe give a quick sure. a quick platform. Like they're basically like as if they're running for president. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. basically, what they're like his thing be. was great. Make America great again. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just a quick little excerpt. Like I'll maybe try. The, okay. So uh, uh, well, let, let, let's do an, let's do an impression that you already did earlier on the podcast. Uh, if Paul McCartney was doing right. it, was, was running for president, presidential. Oh, it's going to be a real, real wangy dangy, you know. <laughs> I'll be, you know, I'll be plonking at you a little bit, saying, you know, don't cheat on your taxes. You know, you got to be nice about it. You know, and for the ISIS and O's people, you know, the bad players over there, you know, we'll drop a little bomby bomby on them if we have to. <laughs> You know, it'll be a big explosion. They'll be sticking down there going, what's well, coming down from the sky, you know? It'll be a little balmy wanger right in those gooby-doobies. It would just be all cute and sweet. Yeah. yeah. And then you could say, say horrible things, but then with that voice, it just kind of d- d- doesn't sound like it. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, d- d- does Paul McCartney have any opinions on waterboarding? Well, you know, they're, they're cutting off heads. I think we could do a little splashy-washy, you know. We tell them, even if we're doing it, you're not really drowning. It's just simulated. So go with it. It's actually kind of fun. It's like goggling for a long period of time. I'm doing it myself right now. Uh, uh, well, I want to hear if yeah. uh, Garth uh, was making a presidential run. Well, we're going to do it. It's going to be kind of official. We're going we're gonna to have some red rope free every day <laughs> and wayne's gonna be my vice president right wayne um i could, you know it's funny that i do a, a bit in my act that sounds like garth it's kind of mm-hmm. like how canadians just um you know we don't need we don't have a border problem with canada because yeah. they're kind of docile and yeah. sweet so it'd mm-hmm. be garth on you know <laughs> drinking a molson with wayne on the border hey wayne want to see a felony and then he just steps over <laughs> and steps back there it was. Totally broke the law right there. I'm not really going to be president. I'm gonna, just going to live with Wayne. So everybody just sort of do what they would do normally. Uh, this is a hard one. At least, at least party I think. On. Uh, yes, I mean, that's I, the best presidential. Yeah, the name of my party is Party On. <laughs> I'm Garth. I, I'm Garth. I represent the party on party. Yeah, the party. That's it. That's a joke. The party on party. Par- yeah, this is the party on party. So our only policy is to party on. Do you have anything else? Healthcare? No, just party on. Everybody should party on. Maybe party on party. Maybe it should just be there as simple is. as that. You know. Yeah, uh, that's uh, it. Uh, that's Wayne's World Three. We run. We run for president. Oh there it is. Party on party. I mean, write that script. Please. Uh, it's actually a brilliant idea. I'll send it to Mike. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, how give about, you a couple more? Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if Dennis Miller ran for president. Christ sakes. <laughs> it's getting a little chilly out there, okay? <laughs> this country's more divided than Oprah Winfrey's ass crack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that came oh, shit. Oh, shit. I don't have to be Nostradamus, but it ain't gonna be good, okay? Okay? All I wanna do is keep half my money and kill the bad guys. That's my whole platform. 50 50, okay? And kill the bad guys, alright? 
Christ's sake. Uh, what, what if uh, Ross Perot wanted to jump back in the race? Can I finish, can I finish one time? <laughs> let, me tell you, let me tell you something right now. We can, we can solve a lot of problems pretty easy if we just put our minds to it. Here's my idea. We're going to combine the Department of Motor Vehicles with health care. Understand? <laughs> Hell, they already got an eye test. You're halfway there. Line two for angioplasties. Line three for liver transplants. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you a prostate exam during your driving test. <laughs> Take a left. Can't finish on time. Finish on time. Love it. Oh my God. Uh, and then let's uh, close out with uh, the church lady, if the church lady was running for well, president. Well, well, well. We've sinned quite a bit. And God's come to roost. That's right. We don't care too much about Jesus. We want to worship political figures. Interesting. Even in by voting for me, you vote against God and Jesus our Savior. But we're going to have all the sinners round up and put in a little sinner cage so they can just fornicate all day long in their little Satan miasma. That's right. Just go to town, but just in an isolated area so the rest of us can worship Jesus at peace. Well, all you tingly naughty particles. When you start getting into it. All you tingling I love that. Tingling naughty parts. Uh, now I, now I want to see all these people run for president. Yeah. Oh, there it God. is. I told you I'd work on my special. Now I've got it all worked out pretty there, much. There you go. How, uh, how many, much. How many more times are you getting up before? Uh, Not much. Special? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe 10 times. So, so, well, That's enough. Mean, yeah, I mean, you're doing we'll, the improv, right? You're doing a couple of dates. I'm doing the improv. the improv Friday and Saturday. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, I assume, will be a clusterfuck. <laughs> That'll be great. You know, they're all different. You know, I don't know what it is. I mean, I just, every, like, one night, everything seems to roll, and then the next night, I just feel like it's ain't happening. I guess it's just a trip, man. <laughs> the Here's a joke that I wrote that's just generic, but it just, I probably won't use it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just about women's equality, and women are just becoming like men, and they're winning in education, and yeah. they're just dominating society. And when it comes full circle, they'll be like men. So it'll be mm-hmm. like, hey, Susan, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to have a glass of Chardonnay and look at dick pics for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> See, where could I put that? But if it's true, yeah. yeah. I also feel like I mean I don't know how much. Obviously, structure is uh, you know key yeah. and having a, a beginning, middle, and having things pieced together and, and transition well. But I also feel like you know at any moment like your ch- you think your stuff can be in chunks, but like I like don't to jump around. Yeah, no, and I don't. I know. And I think people bit. they follow you. Like anytime I've seen you. Like when you, because also you're like you said, things living in sketches. So two to three minutes on one thing, and then jumping to another thing, always never. Uh, it seems n- normal to me. Well, if it's if it's like what we've done here, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get it all cute and organized and too fastidious, and then it de- depending on the style of perform you are, yeah, it's just sort of like a souffle that's collapsing. Yeah, <laughs> if you're off, you know, I mean, Robin Williams, God rest his soul, Pope of Comedy, you know, I mean, some of his warm up sets. For his special, or just off the charts, because yeah. he didn't have anything anywhere he had to be. You think he was almost better in his warm-ups that when the cameras well, were on? Well, he or? was doing something that pretty much only he can do. Yeah. yeah. So when he goes into the organized game, he goes into the other world with every. He went in the other world with everybody else, but mm-hmm. his strength was just off what I cuff. would want to do with Robin, mm-hmm. or with, with, uh, not. I'm not putting myself in his category, but I think tricking out a small theater and just shooting it ten times, just yeah. over a period of two three months. And just taking the best moments. Because like with Robin, when it would really happen, where the woman has a scarf for a thing and he's doing 20 minutes on that, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that, okay, well, no one else can do that. Yeah, right. So, you know, the, the conceit of the, the, the stand-up special, the way it is done, it, mm-hmm. it, it homogenizes you. You get, you get hypnotized into 
this is the way it's done. Right. This is this structure. This is this order. So I'll try to – I'm just trying to – Torture myself for about another week, <laughs> and then I will just through away, anger. Fun. I will deconstruct the whole thing, and I'll tell yeah. them, "Look, I may just work the crowd. I have no idea, but I want to surprise myself." Well, you picked a great city and a great venue because you I know, hope so. No, you I hope you it's did. tight enough. Every room mm-hmm. plays different, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys have done specials there, and they also there mm-hmm. spans a gamut of like the flavor of comedy that comes through there. That the people that come out are um, just you know, and like you said, it's not going to be all. Like in a place where it's just all your. I mean, there will be your fans, but um, why did you pick the Wilbur? Well, I just. Well, it was time of year. I didn't want to be someplace that was starting to get hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, a place I hadn't been lately. Yeah. And I thought it's a liberal town, but it also has this kind of blue collar kick ass element to it. Yeah. Right. And that they will have seen everyone at the Wilbur. Yeah. And I'll be just sort of. Uh, Here's let's see what the old guy can do it again. So it's kind of you're gonna it's, blow it's blow fun the roof and off the fun place. and out. Yeah, and well, I hope it's authentic and not boring. Well, Boston my, is yeah. in Boston is such a great comedy city. Like they'll they love and appreciate it so much. I mean, the scene there was so fantastic, and so many great comics come come from there. So uh, I I think you'll have plenty of people that that have appreciated your older stuff, but they're all. That are also very excited to see the new stuff. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to like Bobby Darren famously wore bell bottoms and grew his hair long and played Vegas. So yeah. his brand was Tuxedo Sinatra, and so yeah. just, they walked out. Yeah. So for me, you know, I'm just trying to evolve what I do. I mean, I'm still I like to do little funny characters. Mm-hmm. I like doing impressions, but uh, it's just going to be a little denser. Like this one, I used to wait on George Carlin at the Circle Star Theater. What? You know, I brought I, Richard Pryor too. You know, no I brought kidding. Richard Pryor Denver omelet. <laughs> Whoever made this omelet can suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was Jeff. It was Jeff. <laughs> so I waited on Carlin. I brought Carlin oatmeal. He goes, drop the A and you have that meal. <laughs> and I just thought, Carlin, was he from Boston or New York? Uh, One I, or the other. I don't know where Carlin was from. But I thought but he yeah. was the master at list. Yes. I can't. He would memorize oh, yeah. them. Shoes. Yeah. Everyone wears shoes. Big shoes, little shoes. Skinny shoes, wide shoes. Boys, girls, sk- girls shoes. Big heel, little heel, fat shoes. You know, I'm like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have a tie. Big tie, skinny ties. Shut the fuck up. All right. So that's a new one I've been doing. I don't know why. But it's something about Carlin. Can, well, uh, it, can I finish with a poem? Yes. Please. Absolutely. Yes. I, I don't think we've ever had anyone finish with a poem. No. I you was know? just trying to write a thing about my brother wrote this song we res- uh, we reside inside it's just talking about mm-hmm. just that we all reside in here mm-hmm. and that not judging people who do plastic surgery or do a little whatever you yeah. know otherwise yeah. my hair would be snow white if i didn't have a <laughs> couple of bumps you know <laughs> so it's you know so when we look in the mirror with a lot of fear our mind is preoccupied truth is we reside inside I'm not a toe, a thumb, or a nose. I'm not a haircut, heaven knows. You can't be a face or an ass. That'll never last. So don't get irritated at the way your body's situated. Take it all in stride with pride because you reside inside. So if you want, suck it, color it, inject it, graft it, squeeze it, shine it, wax it, pull it, and peel it. Or not. Forget what you've been taught because this is not me, not you. This is just a container. The remainder is inside where we all reside. Wow. (laughs) Wow. There we go. That's fucking awesome. Dana Carvey, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, your brain goes in. I mean, how lucky are we that we just get to do this? That in we get way. To... It is torturous. But... Yeah. No, yeah. but that's why it's great. Mark Marin had Sir Ian McKellen do a Shakespeare sonnet. We had Dana Carvey doing a poem. Suck it, Marin. <laughs> <laughs> Suck it, Marin. That's the name of your special. That's the name of yours. That'll, that'll get us on his podcast name of your special. for sure. What was the name of your new special? Uh, Let's pump it up right now. Yeah. Daddy Issues. 
Daddy issues. Yes. <laughs> is that well? I guess I'll find out. Yeah. Related to your issues or girl issues? Or uh, is it both? A little bit of everything. Yeah. Will you guys name mice? But I was gonna. I was gonna call it straight white male sixty. But maybe I should call it. <laughs> I wish I had your life. Or <laughs> uh, straight white male, the last minority. <laughs> well, yeah, I always say I'm straight white male 60, so people assume I'm racist, sexist, you know, yeah, xenophobic, yeah, yeah. homophobic, Islamophobic, misogynistic, and bigoted. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Because <laughs> we are, it's all, we are yeah. public enemy number one. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean that's a long title. <laughs> straight white male 60. I had a guy say to me once, you know, he goes, well, you're, you know, you're racist. I go, why? Because you're a, you know, white male. And sure. Mm-hmm. And I go, well, um, that's interesting. And I go, well, could you be racist? He goes, no, 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 because I called you racist first, so I can't be. Oh. So if I – he was just quick to the draw. Like if I pointed the figure at you, then you would have been – you know, and as you say to someone, that guy's xenophobic. Well, could you be xenophobic? No, because – No, because he is. I told him first. <laughs> and that, it, it, I can't be because yeah. I said he was. Yeah. In that case, everyone else in the world is a pedophile and a rapist. Ha-ha. <laughs> well, the ha-ha. Yeah. Oh, wait. I maybe just right, If Brad runs for office, that's his tag for everything. He ha-ha. says something. Yeah, he goes, ha-ha. <laughs> well, let me just – here's an impression of you guys watching my special when it comes out. You're mm-hmm. like – yeah, I don't know, man. It's real quiet, but he's doing that reside inside pole. <laughs> he opened it with it. He closed with it. Yeah. We told me more church lady. He's trying to be relevant, but it's just coming off as a sad old guy. Jesus Christ, what did he do with his hair? And why would he have the same haircut for this long? Why did he title it Sad Old Guy? Why did he title it Sad Old Guy? Fails at being relevant. Uh, I no, mean, yeah, that's from the truth. Yeah, yeah that's a good title. <laughs> well, um, no, I, like I said, I've already, I've already won. I'm playing with house money. Yeah. I, I, you guys have, to, you have mm-hmm. to do more specials, and you guys have yep. to do your TV shows and be in movies, and you guys have to uh, get net dollars yeah. from this <laughs> incredibly oppressive tax system. Yeah. And then try to save that yeah. so that by the time you're 50, you're kind of like got a nice we have like a, wall of money. To yeah, be able to, we, we have that. like a Bernie Sanders of show business that goes, well, Justin Bieber has this many has this many Twitter followers. Brad Williams has this many Twitter followers. So we're going to give oh, some. Yeah. What I'm prepared to do, <laughs> it's a rigged system where Justin Major would have more Twitter followers than comedian Brad Williams. It's, it's unfair. What I'm prepared to do. Is take the followers from that rich prick Justin Bieber and give it to the comedian Brad Wings. Daddy issues, crazy type, not funny, doesn't mean a thing. Bite size, that was good. This one, not already digging a hole. Love it's it. the sophomore effort, never. The first album took 10 years. The second album, they gave him six weeks. It's the Peter Frampton syndrome. Frampton Comes Alive was 20 years. The second Frampton M sold 1,900 copies. It's actually All pot by his family. <laughs> Love That's it, great, Dana. Uh, thank you so much for doing thank, this. Uh, uh, no, I got so some work done. The day, so, uh, you, uh, first impressions. Or the name of the show. First impressions, May nineteenth. Okay, on USA. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm taping the end of April. It won't be on till like five months. But later. this they, is going to be on a few weeks. So tickets, I mean, uh, this is. I think, the special I think it's sold out, but Ooh. maybe not. All right, well, Whoops. go on oh, Craigslist. Oh. I guess some people still have a draw. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you thought you would wait. Sorry, procrastinators. 2200 went clean. <laughs> My God, is it Bill Burr? <laughs> 
<laughs> That's another character I could do all day. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if it's Hans and Franz, just the fake oh, boy. Yeah. Well, look, the Wilbur Theater. If that was Trump's running mate, that would be the best. I don't know oh. who that is, but just if that person, like, that it accent. wouldn't. Like, if, yeah. <laughs> we are doing so good. We're fabulous. This is my running mate. He's called uh, Taunty. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. When he doesn't say, I will, you're all losers. Farewell, Ted Cruz. Take your weird face and go weird someplace else. Yeah, it just goes totally high. You know, you're fabulous. You're doing terrific. Trump, oh. Trump, Trump. Who knows you're where it's going and what do we deserve as a country? Yeah. <laughs> so is this, this when is, does this? This will be up next week. Yeah, next week. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just, you guys, how many are you doing these a month? You do them all the time now? We're, we're in a good, we're two doing week? two a week now. Yeah. So, so I mean, that we're recording, but we have the two. The world you're in, right? We're recording yeah. two more today. And then, because, you know, Brad and I are we're traveling a lot now, so it's. Oh, you're doing two more today, and yeah. I've been just rambling on, no. thinking you're going to take a nap. We would do a nine hour one with you if you wanted to. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll try whatever, okay. the, unless Dan <laughs> Cook has a record <laughs> or Dave Chappelle right yeah. now. Right, right, right. We haven't made this demo. I'm just gonna fuck my dick. Can I do uh, Cosby if yes, he gets yes. off? Demented Cosby, okay. ninety. He's still out there trying to do it, but his rap is all wrong. Okay. Mm. See, because the thing is, I put the bill with the bill. No, Bill, it's not gonna happen. Sorry, Bill. But I gotta touch the. I told you that bit where Cosby yes. got in trouble because you have to do things in order. Yeah. He mm. did them out of order. Yeah. If he had had consensual sex and then offered them an ambience, he'd be a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he did it out of order he was, because he doesn't want a, a, a nap after that. Right, you know, that, 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 that's good. It's the difference between shitting your pants and using a public restroom. <laughs> you shit in there, you're you're fine. You're an upstanding citizen. You shit your pants and walk around a kid's playground. You're getting arrested. It's all about how you do it. Yeah. So, like, you know, never peek on a podcast before, you, before you're going to shoot a special. If I'd been this loose at the Wilbur, uh, it would have be. been a big special. It will be. No, it's recorded here. I'll just release it. Can we this. shoot the special in this room? Is it? Well, we can definitely, if we just have a little tiny bit of structure, just, just make a comedy album. Can you imagine Skyping through a special? Or if you did stream it live, like, just from the room and you just talk straight to a camera? You think anybody, that's never going to be a medium. Well, I wanted to, it's kind of, you come up with all these ideas and then that you don't do them because yeah. they're conceptual. But I like the idea cause I, of a camera on stage that I go to and underneath it just says the Denny cam. And it's like Dennis Miller talking to me during my special. Oh, my God. So it just goes to, I'm close up for the people watching at home. Like, Christ sakes, Kirby, you're hitting that speed back pretty. You're like Frazier in Manila. You know, and then I go back to Mac. Let's check in with the Denny cam. A little slow there, Kirby. Let's do some church bitch uptank, okay? And then you go right back. But, you know, I I could, it's easily done. Yeah. Also, you can just talk about doing that in the special, too. That's pretty fun. Exactly. You keep, Mm. like, referencing, referencing, you know. Because I do think if you look at Deadpool, which is a movie I saw. Yeah, which is great. That it is, and I don't mind deconstructing things and Mm. just being totally honest. I I don't mind stepping outside the lines. Yeah, that's what comedians are supposed to do. We deconstruct everything. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and so, you know, there's just how much do you comment in this special you've already recorded? On on what? Just on how it's going. How it's going? How oh, it's feeling. How it's 
Uh, well, mean, one time the mic bit. the mic oh, went out yeah. at one point. <laughs> the mic went out, and then yeah. Adam missed your intro. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I killed the intro. Oh, let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, no, there, 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 there was something where my mic went out, and they brought me a new mic, but it was blue, and the old mic was green. So for continuity's sake, I like did two jokes and looked down and saw that the mic was a different color. So then I had to stop that. And like so, then the whole time that was going on, I was commenting about, and how, they kept it in, and it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you said something like it's my special, or like I, I forgot what I said. I but, paid yeah. for this microphone. <laughs> is that a Brad Williams impression? Yeah. <laughs> well, that was Ronald Reagan. This yeah. is goes from your okay. Yeah, I was like in nineteen eighty. Like, well, this is how I, I sound. paid for this microphone. He rented a hall and paid, and then they tried to cut him off, and he went, "I God damn it!" You know, just, well, not a lot of Reagan. Yeah, but see, that's a happy accident. You that's know? a great yeah. boy. By the way. That Reagan impression is such a great voice that, like, I wonder if there's somebody's going to come along that you can, you know, somebody has a new, like, the new Reagan or, like, that voice that can be used and, and do a. Because, I mean, once, can you still do a Reagan? I mean, is it, where's, well, if with he's my, commenting. Well, with my crowd, you can. Yeah. But yeah. there's not a lot of call for it. You I, know? I, mean, I mean, you can still do Clinton, the, Re- the, 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 the do Reagan impression is not too far off from Trump. No, no, and I, with Trump, again, you know, it's like just trying to find a hook, a character, like yeah. you guys are doing. It doesn't matter if it's totally, you know, but he does kind of yell and goes up there like that, too. <laughs> get him out, get him out, bye-bye. <laughs> little Marco, little Marco, <laughs> little Marco. Little Marco and Lion Ted, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> you yeah, know, Bill, that. Bill, like Joe Pesci mixed in Yeah, there, there is a little uh, Joe yeah. Pesci in there, or a little Regis Philbin, you understand. <laughs> This is crazy, you understand? Oh, yeah, what about Regis running for president? Regis would be fantastic, you understand? We could have John Rickles over here. He's the head of Carbos or whatever have you, have you, you know? We're doing great, we're fabulous. I was at uh, Dead Tanners with Tom Brokaw the other night having a Tangerine Martini, you understand? I figure, you know, I don't know. You know, Clinton's always around. He's like always. the oldest that he's still around because of Hillary. Yeah. You've been doing her, Hillary? Because I just well, started doing I, her. I, I, Really? You started doing her? Well, I just do does, my own voice. Does just your wife that she know? doesn't know how to. <laughs> Get out, everybody. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that she doesn't know how to emphasize things. She says everything as if it's a profound. Mm-hmm. And this campaign will go on until we no longer campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we were. But she says it with so much easy conviction. Baby. We thought you were ending she like has an three words ago. She has an earpiece. <laughs> easy, baby. <laughs> Slow down, sweets. Slow down. Nice and calm. Take baby. your finger off the caps lock button. <laughs> <laughs> Too much emphasis on campaign. I'm touching myself right now, baby. Oh, oh, sweet baby. Oh, sweet sassy. So that's just you know, so that's just ad nauseum at this point. But Trump is the new toy. Yeah. Yep. But they, how much Trump do I do if it's out in November? We don't know if he's president or. Oh, or I mean, I think you're fine. I mean, that's. I'll do more generic. You have to comment on it. You yeah. have to, and also your take on it is brilliant, and it's it's not going anywhere. He has cemented this experience in you know American history. Yeah, it's like oh, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not going to be. It's like OJ. I mean, look, we're, now there's a show about him. There's going to be a whole show. There's going to be every – hopefully he does not win, and there will be you know some sort of show on the whole journey. The people versus Donald Trump. <laughs> yeah. FX is going to run it. Yeah. He's got just this passionate core, but it's probably too small. Because, yeah, he's like – he's an anomaly. He's like an alien. Yeah. He's talking like no one's ever talked, so you're, you're, you just go right to him. He's an alien. It's almost like the aliens like Maybe. sent him down, and we're like, all right, we got to like – just like maybe they were just bored. And they're like, let's see if we can like send an alien down and have him like win the American presidential well, it's race. Just, it's just the class thing that a comedian would do. I said, you know, when he would make fun that, you know, you're out. That's why you're out there, and I'm in the center. When he first said that, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, when he said to John Kasich, you know, you were nice, 
your poll numbers tank. No, you're not so nice. <laughs> he deconstructed. Yeah. yeah. And just des- he destroyed them all with these just quick sound bites. We know his stand-ups. Yeah. I mean, the guy is really saying the yeah. uncomfortable truths like a like a 10-year-old bully and yeah. just like winning. And then you had uh and then you had Marco try to do that even though he's never done that but he's like ah, I got to do what Trump does. So uh, uh he's got a small penis. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and just throw that out there. <laughs> and it just looked terrible, you know. <laughs> just was a- the, the the fact that presidential candidates are commenting on the size of their own genitalia is just like the most absurd like i mean because we all we all we all knew john f kennedy had had a big dick but he, he didn't have to talk about it <laughs> i didn't know that till right now and of course i am very large in that area i arrive in a limousine and my private pot arrives in its own limousine i meant known as the uh, human tripod in many sections of and hillary's like everything is clean and fresh down there it was like there you go baby keep, yeah That's keep right, talking baby. about yeah, it yeah keep, baby. Yeah, keep yeah. talking about how clean it is <laughs> yeah, um, I'm freshly groomed. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, Dan, thanks it? for doing this again. Sure, this is uh, this, this is you guys make it easy. They're, the in, they're in a, they're in a, this this rented town home we call the bunker. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It though. Just feels like a bunker. Yeah, yeah. Does it feel like home yet, though? You know, I'm like you know, it, the shower works. Where's the store? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a comfortable pillow. I'm just, I was really easy. barely middle class. Seven yeah. of us and 1,500 square feet, one bathroom, that was a high school teacher. Yeah. So that's they how you all bake goods. So and, you uh, have your own room. You're like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I just saved all the money. I don't really, I'm not really, I have a really nice guitar. Can I borrow $500,000? <laughs> yes, yes, you can. <laughs> Except you don't have to. He borrow. can't say no on a podcast. <laughs> but you don't know how you'd be until you get a little extra money. And I yeah. realize I just, I, I like the freedom of it, but yeah. I don't really. And of course, we rented a nice place. You go to no. the Scientology Center, which is across the street, right? Yeah, I yeah. go over there all the time with my friend John Travolta. You know, you got to understand, L. Ron Hubbard was like a god or something like that. You know. um, so I don't know where I <laughs> These aliens. So, yeah, he's, that's my son does a bit about that because I, whenever I see you see people on TV, I go, "Oh mm-hmm. yeah, John." Uh, I go, uh, "Yeah, you met John Travolta." You know, yeah, he burped you when you were a baby. <laughs> So he does John Travolta. Like I keep hitting his back, but he's not giving up the gas. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's so great. And I say that oh, oh uh, uh, Nicholas Cage because they were little babies when we mm-hmm. did the movie. Then yeah. I go yeah yeah he changed your diaper. You know. There's so much poo <laughs> in this diaper. You know. So t- they're doing these bits. So, so own it. Still just, great. Just roll with it. Oh, you know? I can't. Like I love that. <laughs> Your stand-up legacy is being passed on, and yeah. and uh, and and your kids are doing great as well. Well, when they bypass the wrong, I, I asked the head guy at Cedars. I said, "What are the odds, really?" With my a young, healthy patient, mm-hmm. just two. He goes, "I said I need numbers." He goes, um, "Probably about thirty-five thousand to one." Wow, that you'll live. No, that that oh. they would bypass the wrong artery. Oh shit! Okay, so then it's also what are the odds that here I am. With whatever I did in my career, and I've got two kids who both all of a sudden want to started doing it on their own, and then I, I guess Dice is he have a kid yeah. doing it? Yeah, and he's, they have a kind of a quasi reality show. But is yeah. both sons doing it or just one? Uh, one's in music, right? I and think. one's doing stand up. Yeah, I think. Well, then Tom and Dex should meet that guy because oh, that yeah. that's there's sort of, your reality show. Well, yeah, we've we've done a sizzle reel around it. It is very interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Meeting you know, kids. 
<laughs> they have such advantages and such such disadvantages, you know. Well, sure, and, and and like you said, like they 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 have to go on stage as the kids of Dana Carvey, but thankfully they're picking something like stand up where. Uh, even though they're the kids of Dana Carvey, if, if, if they're funny, it's still they they will be acknowledged as funny. Yeah. And if they're not funny, they'll be acknowledged as not funny. It'll it'll, we, it'll still be honest. For we that. talk about that a lot. It's like if you can get a badass hour, you know, mm-hmm. forget like you're the most famous, but just a good solid badass yeah. hour. I mean, there's you could give kids money, you could run a studio and give them a desk and an office, you can give them a producer credit. There's so many things you can give a kid. But you can't give them stand up. You yeah. could you could hear their ideas. They have to go up to yeah. go through it, and they bombed a lot, you know. And so well, yeah, I'm still, proud of them. And yeah. then they, they, as celebrity kids, they have a thing that as long as they bring it, um, then they're, they'll be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're not riding the coattails. Yeah. they're just you know dressed mm-hmm. as a church lady. So <laughs> they they love it in a way that I never loved it. Really? Yeah. Well, and do you, do you think it's because they are doing it? I mean, obviously they're coming. You, you said you grew up barely barely middle class. Like you're you're doing it because you love it, but also because you need to do it to survive. They're 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 doing it for fun. Yeah, and like I there's think, not that pressure on them. Yeah, there, there's that's a, a big topic. Just full circle to complete the podcast. We're mm-hmm. talking about millennials, and and uh, it it is one. It's it's so remarkably unchanged. Where everything else has changed, yeah. where computer generated actors and you you name it. Yeah, and you can take a five year old, put them in a movie, and they might get an Oscar. Mm-hmm. There's this is like I go to the ice house with the kids or flappers, comedy magic, and I walk in, I go, it's pretty much identical from 1982. Same basically. thing, basically. And so you know, I was trying to work on a bit about that. If they ever come out with a computerized stand up that really kicks ass, <laughs> like the M1 Leno. Yeah. <laughs> So how you doing? Yeah, yeah. Two Irishmen walk into a bar. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, those Japanese cars. Oh, those Japanese cars. So, but but basically, they see it as as a gunslinger, mm-hmm. uh, badass. Yeah. Like I was doing the comedy store with Spade and Bill Burr and and Norm Macdonald, and my son's comment was just like, it just looked it looks so cool. Because we have to pretend to do something that's impossible. Come out in front of 400 people. It's, a lot of stand-up is like, what the fuck's up? Let's listen up. Listen yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. Even if your style is Stephen Wright, you're still saying, I got shit to say. Yeah. yeah. And you got to listen. So and, it's badass. Yeah. yeah it, <laughs> and, and scary. Yeah. Well, it, it's just so pure. There is no bells and whistles. It, 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 it is. There's no safety net. Yeah. There's no one else up there for you. No. Yeah. It, 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 it is what it was in when stand-up started, where it's still the brick wall, still the microphone. Sure, the microphone technologies may have changed, and now we could play YouTube videos as background music. But like that's it, it's still your thoughts into a microphone. Yeah, I mean, I heard Kevin Hart has a hundred thousand dollar video thing behind that he interacts with and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of that starting to happen, but the essence of it is still this timing and you, to get a laugh. Delivery, still, yeah, everything. You know, and confidence is the only thing you just you just wait for is that swagger. You know, that that takes some time. Mm-hmm. Confidence takes, and there's no time to for it. Yeah. yeah, you just how do you get? It's just by osmosis and and trusting yourself. I mean, like you, I'm sure I don't, or maybe you did from the get go. Like when you jumped no. into a no. five minute uh, impression that was a sketch on stage. Like I'm sure you so early on might have bailed uh, totally. a minute in. Oh, right? I, oh yeah, yeah, <clears throat> totally bombed all yeah. the time and just was nervous and disorganized. And and then there was a night that would break through. I quit a lot, you know. I would quit a lot. But now you can't. Now you could stay locked in it for, I mean, hours, which is like, which is so rare and, and the brilliance of you. 
Um, can yes. I record that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you just try to do quirky stuff, and eventually you kind of get used to killing, and then you're like, well, how quirky can I – what can I yeah. get the audience to laugh? I'm sure you guys, this is part of the task. Yeah. Like, man, I love that, and all my comedian friends love yeah. it. Yeah. But can I get the audience to go with me on right. this one? Because it's a little weird. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? Like I was doing Charming Hitler, you know, <laughs> that he must have had a charming – he was always screaming, so he must have been almost half asleep and just charming the generals, right? He must have. Every yeah. man of power. Himmler, my little SS man. <laughs> You're so stealthy. Never change your barber. Your haircut is fabulous. <laughs> Goldbergs, organing my chubby loofah for man. You hate yourself because you fill out your suit. In the future, they'll find out that you have just a genetic predisposition. When I have a cookie, I just want one. You want a hundred. And that's why you're heavy set, but you're my heavy set general. So stuff like that, as opposed to like church lady. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. so. Never thought we would end on on charming Hitler, but I think that's actually a, a that is a good ending. A, a sweet spot. <laughs> yes, you fabulous. I was going to ask you how soul. how would he run for president, but I don't think I want to see that. <laughs> well, because he because he kind of did it yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, Things didn't really turn out no, too well. No, he was but the guess... last guy probably in history that had you know tried to take over the world and had mm-hmm. an actual organized plan. Yeah, that won't happen again. Yeah, that's why I think Trump is not going to succeed because the plan is but people say he's a genocidal maniac and i go well it would be an odd thing like here's what i'm gonna do for the first 70 years i'm gonna do casinos and hotels then at 70 i'll become president and start killing people okay <laughs> why are you waiting until 70 that's just my plan 70 so i i don't know what he is no yeah. one knows what he is uh, i'm just so know. curious what he's like like when he's just at home Watching TV, like do you so, think he just watches the prices right and goes, "I hope they get to play Plinko. It's my favorite game." <laughs> like, do you think he has those those normal thoughts? I can't imagine that he does. Or, totally, dummy. Yeah. Of course, Lysol is two forty nine. How do you not? <laughs> how do you not listen to your friends? They were screaming at you from the audience. He, you know, as a salesman, he introduced me at Atlantic City. I was playing a high roller convention, thousand what? high rollers. Mm. So Trump comes up and introduces me for ten minutes as a salesman. You know, we only do the best here. We only do the best at Trump. Mm. This guy in Saturday Night Live, church lady, wears a dress. He's not a woman, but he's funny. Very funny. Isn't that special? Just breaking it down. Massive yeah. head wound, Harry. <laughs> Walks around with a giant wound. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. Doesn't put a Band-Aid on it. Yeah. One of the funniest things. So, yeah, it just went on and on and on. It was, like, unbelievable. So he's just sad. For sure talk sell. about that. I guess I should. That's yeah. so yeah. great. Also, yeah. that's so personal, and that's... Yeah, because you know. he just he sells, sells, yeah. sells. But Bernie, too. So anyway. <laughs> Danny, you're the man. Pleasure. We'll, Good uh, luck on the rest of your podcasting ventures. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Dana. Listening to the About Last Night podcast with Brad Williams and Adam Ray. Boy, they're a lot of fun, huh? 
Why don't you subscribe on iTunes to this fucking podcast, give them a five-star rating so this midget and this Jew can feel good about themselves for a couple minutes. Also, get on your iPhone or Android and get the podcast app. You can also listen to it on Stitcher or aboutlastnightpodcast.com, where you can hear past episodes with great guests like Lisa Kudrow, Paul Feig, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, Dion Cole, Chris D'Elia, Adam Devine, Michael McDonald, Jaleel White, Bud Friedman, Steve-O, Harlan Williams, Tom Arnold, Ron Funches, Rick Glassman, Blake Anderson, Anders Holm, Jessime Peluso, Joey McIntyre, and many, many more. I'm Tony Danza. Thanks for listening to the About Last Night podcast. Good night. That's it, right? You got it? Sweet. Boy, it smells good in that booth, by the way. What kind of candle is that? Hanukkah Willow? <laughs> nice.